That's okay. I Thanks, guess. Nick Woos. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to I Hate Music. This is episode 69. 69, dude. 69. Yeah. Uh, today, I've got my buddy Nick Woos, Hi. as always. Hi. Uh, today, we have a special guest. That's Jory Appadale. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jory. How's Hi, it going? Jory. Super good. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, today is a special episode for us. We're going to talk about Dungeon Synth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were also joined by this little guy named Mortis. You Who's may that? have heard of, heard of him. Uh, Ex-Emperor. Oh, okay. Uh, you heard of Emperor before? I think I have. Yeah. 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 Little known black metal band out of uh, Norway. <laughs> oh, wow. Norway. Yeah. Where is I mean, that? Norway's not really known for black metal, but these guys, <laughs> you know, if they keep it up, they'll, they'll go pretty far. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm but wishing them the best. Yeah. No, Mortis has uh, carved a really interesting path for himself over yeah, the last, yeah, what, three decades Incredible. or so? Incredible. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, we actually talked with him earlier this morning. We talked about Dungeon Synth and his musical life and other shit. And He's uh, done so much through uh, so many different kind of styles and stuff. It's yeah. Really incredible. Yeah. Really diverse yeah. catalog. Yeah. He is a uh, visionary. Yes. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was great to, t- to connect with him for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Getting a little verklempt. Uh, so what's been new, Nick? Uh, everything's good. Let's see. Happy New Year. Here we yeah. are. Um, 2024. Yep. Yeah, at this moment, it's snowing, which feels kind of good to me. I like that. So it's perfect uh, time to talk to Mortis and yeah. get into the Dungeon Synth vibe. That's right. Uh, what about you, Jory? What have you been up to? Anything cool? Well, it's kind of a slow season as far as mastering work and stuff like that. So I'm focusing a little bit on... Uh, recordings and some of my own personal new music right now. Yeah, so it's been exciting. Makes lots, sense. Lots of different, uh, I guess, avenues I'm exploring right now: metal and non-metal. So very awesome. cool. It's an exciting time. Can't yeah. wait to hear it, bro. That's good. Um, the three of us last night went to go see Rock and Roll High School. Yes, we did. Fantastic yep. movie. So fun. Clinton Street Theater. Uh, Ramones. Most people that know me know that I am. Absolutely obsessed with the Ramones. They're probably my favorite band of all time, if I had to pick one. And uh, yeah, super huge movie for me as a kid. It really sold the Ramones for me. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, they're featured heavily, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, every scene almost. (laughs) It's a super goofy movie, but it's really funny. Uh, Some really great performances by the Ramones. Uh, Yeah, great. Especially in the bedroom with uh, with Randall. I want you around. Yeah. Great scene. So good. (laughs) It was uh, Jory's first time seeing the movie. Seems like you enjoyed it. It was. I'm kind of glad I held out until this experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see it that way. I think I enjoyed it a lot more and, you know, seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, that was great. Really enjoyed that. Um, Can we say what the the best line was that uh, Riff Randall said, Joey looks like a poem. Like a poem. I just love that. I yeah. don't know. Something really struck me about but that. But does he? I mean, he's, he's not, you know. <laughs> Maybe I mean, like a, yeah. you know, like a Bukowski kind of poem or Maybe. something. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's pretty deep, yeah. yeah. I think my favorite line of the whole movie was still the music teacher when he's talking about how Beethoven composed a symphony while completely deaf. And he yeah. said that, that was very unheard of at the time. <laughs> Great that, dad that joke. That got me pretty good. Great dad yeah. Joke. yeah, I could hear you <laughs> laughing from behind me when he said that. That's, yep. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic movie. If you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. I'm sure it's available pretty much anywhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, let's do the, the shit I always have to get out of the way. Uh, Earth and Sound Store, of course, earthandsound.org. We do have the new I Hate Music scum designs in. They look uh, they're great, They're in dude. and shipping. Turned uh, out awesome, yeah. I think. You're wearing one right now. I am. T-shirts and hoodies. Uh, they are great. They are available for purchase. They're almost gone, so if you want them, jump on it. 
As always, we have the playlist on Spotify. You can find the link for that on our link tree, which you can Al find. Although we must say that a lot of Dungeon Synth is on Bandcamp. That's true. Hardly there's hardly any of it, actually, is yeah. on uh, Spotify. Yeah. I was surprised by that. So we did our best. We did our best for the Spotify playlist. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, as always, check out the stuff on any platform that you want. Yeah. But you can find that Spotify playlist on our link tree, which is on our Facebook, our Instagram, and in the show notes to the episode. Um, and again, as always, please email us with questions, concerns, comments, worries, whatever you have to hate.pod.music at gmail.com. Personally, I love the emails. We've been getting a lot of emails and it lets me know that people are listening and that people are engaged. And it also gives me ideas of uh, topics, things to talk about. This last time, we got a lot of emails. Hope, uh, hopefully none of it is correcting any stupid shit, I might say, about we, facts. There's no corrections this so, time. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I think they're that's just being great. nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's, well, I screwed up the Slayer song last time. That was pretty bad. Oh, dude. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. No, <laughs> Nobody got on me about that. Nice. For okay, sure. cool, cool. Um, no, so speaking of which, let's get into some listener emails here. Uh well, actually, there was a correction. I, oh, damn I, it. I forgot. <laughs> uh, this is from Matt Kenny. Oh, no. In Olympia. <laughs> Matt. He's on it. He's on it. <laughs> he says... He's an old, old <clears throat> friend of mine, actually, yeah. so yeah. it's funny. <laughs> on episode 64, you looked up the wrong death metalish album for Testament. Gene Hoagland did play drums on Demonic. You guys looked up The Gathering, also a great album. So uh, Demonic was the one that Hoagland played on? I wonder who played on the gathering then, because um, that was a uh, Jory. Can you? I got look it. That up. Okay. Yeah, maybe it wasn't as death metal as Demonic was. But yeah, they were I, headed that direction. I don't know. I'm not. Time, I'm but, not yeah. really familiar with that. Yeah. Um, okay. We're so, talking about DiGiorgio too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 I think he we were. Was, may have been on one or both of those albums too. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Damn. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. So Dave Lombardo was the drummer on uh, The Gathering. No way. That's what it says here on wow. the Encyclopedia okay. Insane. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, so he the, he came, uh, Hoagland came after that then yeah. on Demonic. So we appreciate the corrections. Yeah. I think they're really, really important. Yeah. Uh, I'll remember. I'll screw that up again, I'm sure. <laughs> so you remember we, we had a call out for new Mexican bands. Yeah, that guy was great. Yeah. So uh, my friend from Romania, Sebastian... I met him when Agalok played in Germany at Prophecy Fest. He came all the way from Romania to see Agalok. Nice. Very good dude. Uh, hung out with him for quite a bit. He misunderstood the question. He didn't, un he didn't get the assignment. He thought I was saying new Mexican bands. Oh, well, not Mexican. Mexican. Mexican bands. Yeah. Not, not, we don't want to talk about the older ones. Right. We just want the new ones. <laughs> <laughs> but he wrote in. That's cool. So he says, my top Mexican band pick would be oh, awesome. Under Moonlight Sadness. Oh, wow. After the Cosmic Gate album. If I were to pick a track that would be, ref that would be Reflections in a Dark Mirror. It, wow. John Tardy growling on Therion. That's how I would describe them. Wow. Such a promising band that vanished. Honorable mentions, not exactly from Mexico, but very close. Heresy from Costa Rica. They have an album called Blasphemia with no track in particular. would be a high recommendation of mine. Uh, also, The Gray Forest, the album is self-titled from Chile. I especially love the Sobra Las Montañas track. And he has a question. What do you guys think of Tom Araya coming out as a Christian after their split up? And then he says, from Romania, I wish you both an unholy Christmas and happy new year. Nice. Thank you from Romania. 
my opinions on Tom Araya are that coming out as Christian. Yeah, I think that he's it was Catholic actually, and I think that yeah. he had actually talked about that during the reign of Slayer. I think so too. Not that it was like brand new or yeah. anything, but that doesn't come as news to me either. No. I feel yeah. like I think that that was discussed in the yeah. past. But yeah. I mean, uh, growing up Catholic like he did, uh, I left it very young, and it's it's really difficult as you get older to push it aside. And you know, as much as we all hate religion, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I push it aside successfully, but um, maybe it's just struggle for some people that it's in their culture and stuff. I don't have anything against Tom Ray. No way. Yeah, I I mean, Dave fucking Mustaine is Christian too. So who gives a shit? I feel like the only reason it's a topic of discussion is obviously because of the subject matter of Slayer. Sure. It was but, hard for him, I think. Right. He did admit that a few times. Yeah. But, like, also, like, it can't be that much of a surprise to anyone that's, like, over, like, 25 or so. You know? It's like... Yeah. It, it's Slayer. You know? They're, like... They're a major thrash band. They, And us us imagining that that wasn't a, a gimmick. Not a gimmick, but, you know, they're playing like a, a part. Theme. Like, yeah, it's they're a, playing they're, a part. It's theatrical or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And of course it was. A lot of that subject matter was meant to be shocking. Right. Yeah. I mean, if Glenn Benton came out and said he was Christian. <laughs> and and a, he does the, the, the tattoo, but upside down on his forehead. Or he just stands on his hands all the time. <laughs> or like does, there you like go. headstands all the time. This is how you're supposed time. to see this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be yeah. pretty shocking, too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be shocking. Tom Araya, yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> not a big deal. Okay, uh, we also have an email from Dallas Bolin. Uh, I know this guy a little bit. Uh, he says, I'd love for it to be discussed how much I find it to be bullshit that labels like Century Media, Nuclear Blast, Relapse, etc., etc., still refuse to join in on the Bandcamp game or even giving a download code of the physical album you bought. Hmm. I shouldn't have to buy digital after I've already bought a physical copy of an album. That's fucked off, and I will always torrent rather than bend to their lack of user-friendliness. That's why I love labels like Everlasting Spew, Transcending Obscurity, 20 Buck Spin, Crowd Chamber, Dark Descent, and others. They get it when it comes to knowing that it's us fans who make all the shit happen for them, and we notice these little unspoken things and sometimes donate more than what the purchase price was because I want these labels to thrive. These dinosaurs need to get with the times and stop mucking about in the amber. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to say, I think, uh, about yeah. this. I, mean, this, yeah. <laughs> I think the labels are in the business of selling physical media, right? right? I mean, I don't think they give a shit about the digital stuff, and they're not making any money off it. They're not even... But Nuclear Bass is even selling digital... But uh, the point is, is like if you buy the record, it should, it should come with a download code. Okay, That's and what, what do you wants. do with that? Like, uh, as a modern iPhone user, I, know, right? I just use Spotify a lot of times, right, unfortunately. Right. But I also don't have a lot of storage to store that shit, so I don't know. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not how I operate. I don't, I don't download. I feel like I'm old when I, I ask this. I'm a mixture still. I mean, I have a pretty robust iTunes library that I started, you know, when I was a kid. And yeah. I still have it all you backed still. up on an external drive. But, like, most stuff, I mean, when I get a download code, I'll usually just download, like, sometimes even like a wave file of it which is super fun and for you me store it on your computer then or yeah or okay. I'll, you know i i don't necessarily listen to like downloaded files yeah, all exactly. the time but it's nice to have that you know in case anything happens i mean i guess like a lot of people have that you know school of thought of like i own this if the internet suddenly goes away i'll still be okay i, see. I, I like okay. that okay. sense of security but yeah, i don't necessarily partake in that or like utilize that every day yeah, yeah. but i when i get a download code in a cassette or a, a cd i just goes right in the garbage. Like, I don't right? do anything with it. Yeah, because yeah. most of the time it's on available on Spotify, which is where I go. I know it's shitty and all that, but 
it's amazing how much is available on there. Yeah, I just keep mine in the record or whatever. It's just like it's just part of the record for me. I never, I never download anything. Hmm. So, so the, this indicates to me that people are are still populating their iTunes libraries and stuff. Things yeah. like that, or yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. other MP3 players, uh, you yeah, know, whatever media devices yeah. are still a thing. I don't <laughs> think it's as huge of a market as back when iPod was in when its it first started, right? Yeah, but exactly. yeah. Before Spotify, yeah, that's how I did it. I right. downloaded everything. Another thing is, you know, when people buy CDs, you know, a lot of computers don't come with disk drives anymore, so you can't just pop that that's in right. and, and rip it. Oh, right. You know? yeah, so a download code yeah. is super helpful. Yeah, interesting. For the people that want to do that. Or yeah. like traveling, you know, I mean. That's true. Yeah. Getting in the offload, I mean, offline kind of files or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know it. I know people are still doing it. I don't do it myself, but but I do think it's it's just a, it's like a gesture of goodwill on the part of the labels. Yeah, it's interesting. It doesn't why cost they, them anything. Right, it seems like a it. very easy thing it's to like do. It's like a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. it would be. Yeah, I wonder what their reasoning would be for not doing that. You know, people no probably just think that nobody cares. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares because they have Spotify. Yeah. Well, listen to me, Nuclear Blast. They do. <laughs> yeah, something that's interesting from like a business standpoint is like you know if they decided to put their music on Bandcamp and charge a couple dollars for a digital download, that is such an easy, yeah, why low cost thing to yeah. do for them. Yeah. You know, no and overhead. If really it brought in a little bit of money, that's yep. still easy money. That you know, yeah, they yeah, can that is it. strange. You know, yeah. Have an intern start the Bandcamp page, right. and um, how long would that take? Nothing. Nothing. Right. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. You uh, will? No, I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Nuclear Blast, please email Jason <laughs> to set up your band camp pages. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it for you. Yeah. yeah. I'll interview them. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I like this one. This one's pretty fun. This is from Kyle Mitchell. Hello, Jason and Nick. Glad to hear the pod is chugging along. You seem to attract Kyle's as I am the OG Kyle that, you, <laughs> that emailed you back in July and dropped some Opeth trivia. Though okay. new Kyle sounds like a great dude. So I called out this Kyle, but I was calling out the wrong Kyle. Oh, damn. Yeah, oh, we have damn. too many Kyles. Yeah, there's a lot of Kyles out there. I wanted to mention to Jason that Agalock is a special band for me, and The Mantle is a top five album of all time for me. Thank you for producing such an amazing album. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Thank you. Uh, this is cool. This is something that never occurred to me. For the acoustic episode, I'm surprised that Allison Shane's Jar of Flies was not mentioned. They're lumped in with grunge, but I've always considered them a metal band at heart. Keep up the great work, dudes. I hope I get a chance to see Agalock in 2024 if you come to New York. It's interesting. I never thought of about Alice in Chains being metal, but I mean. And for me, I think uh, by the time I actually heard them, it was there in the radio times, you know. Yeah. So at that point, it seemed to me like it was grunge. So I didn't know their history or anything. But I can see I can see how they're like a Soundgarden or something. They were heavier. Yeah. I mean, they had their moments that were definitely heavier. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I think totally that the guy would actually talk about I forget the guitarist's name now. He would actually talk about his metal influence. Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He would talk about Sabbath and stuff. And yeah. Cool. I mean and they definitely have their moments, especially like on dirt that are very mm-hmm. I would never say metal, but I could see like Smashing Pumpkins, like they had a like they're influenced by like obituary and shit. So yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not like <laughs> unheard of, yeah. but it seems I I wouldn't call them a metal band, and that's why I wouldn't put them in the episode. Exactly. But that, I mean, Jar of Flies, it's a great EP. And I do love Alice in Chains up to a point. Sure. Well, thanks, Kyle. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Okay, so here's another Kyle. Oh, God. They both wrote in. Yeah, they both wrote in. Well, Kyle, I can't pronounce his last name. Heater? Heider? He won our contest, our giveaway last time. Nice, congratulations. Excellent. Um. Oh, no, he didn't. Fuck, I just damn fucked it up. Dude. No. Edit, edit, no. edit. God damn it. 
Still think you're great, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, uh, you're pretty cool. Still, so no, don't he worry. he is the one that ordered the Dolvin record. Oh, nice. Yeah, we yeah. autographed it on the air. That one. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yep. I think so. Right. I think this is the guy. Well, fuck. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I Kyle, can't. you're great, bro. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he says I, I was surprised to get my signing request filled on air. Blah blah. blah. He made my Christmas. Nice. Um, he made his Christmas. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. He says, he says uh, the simple act made my Christmas before I began, but it also gave me a thought for a future pod discussion. Meeting your metal heroes. Who have you or Nick met that you revered as teenagers or in your formative metal years? Has anyone been especially cool, specifically in your adult life? Obviously, you can't dunk on the jerks, but it'd be fun to hear who you're still starstruck by or want to meet. And also some quick housekeeping. <laughs> I was That's not awesome. the person you made fun of for a typo. I gave some Alaskan metal intel instead. I can't keep track of all these people. If you were to make fun of me, it'd be because I accidentally sent you many pocket-dialed voice memos discussing drag race with my partner. Oops. I don't, <laughs> I don't recall this at all. Oh, last name is pronounced Hyder. Nice. I will give you points because you got Kyle correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy. Halfway there. Anyways, yeah. have a great holiday. I hope Aglock, Dolvin, et al. can come to Pittsburgh one day. Wow. Yeah, let's do it. Dolvin, cool. Pittsburgh next year. It'd be amazing. Okay. First show ever. Yeah. Pittsburgh. First, yeah, appropriate. First and only show. That'd be yeah. so cool. Um, okay, so any any metal heroes or Well, today heroes? was a good one. Mortis. I was I was a little anxious to talk yeah. to him. It wasn't like, he, like all my life I've been waiting to meet Mortis or anything, but uh, it was really great to talk to him. And I f- you f- do feel a little intimidation, you know, when you're talking to such a legend, but yeah. just trying to play it cool, you know. Yeah. But normally when I see somebody, I don't, I don't approach them very often. There's a few people in my life that I have approached and uh, I, it was just really to get that, that souvenir of a picture. It wasn't really to have any discussions, but Steve Harris, if I mean, I saw him at a, in London at a Blaze Bailey show. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oh God. And I was so nervous. Like, oh shit, there's Steve Harris. What do I do? What do I do? I do. So I got to get a fucking picture. I had my camera. I got to do this. It's like once in a lifetime opportunity. So I had my friends like, please do this really quickly. Let's just go up. And I did it really quickly. And it's like one of my, my best moments. Cause I have a picture of it and I have it framed and everything, but Amazing. I don't know. It, occasionally when you meet your heroes, you're disappointed. So I didn't, uh, I haven't really approached too many people actually. Right. I get, I get, I like to give them their space and I know that they're conscious about that, but maybe not. Maybe they do want to chat. I don't know. I think it really depends. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. You've encountered a lot more for sure. You know? Yeah. I mean like when I was a lot younger, I would approach people all the time, but it was like, which is kind of funny because I don't do it as much now, but now it's not it doesn't give me as much anxiety as it used to. Yeah. Um, but I've had great conversations with like Chris Barnes, James Murphy, Lee Dorian, oh, Mike that's Patton. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Like a lot of people that I super admire and respect. Um, Steve Ashheim. Steve Ashheim. Yeah. Amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been lucky enough to meet quite a bit or Martin Van Drunen. You yeah. know, I mean, oh, yeah, like I've so cool. hung out with him multiple times. Oh, we talked to uh, the warning guy, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, we talked oh, to him. Yeah, one of my I'd, absolute heroes. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, did I was nervous about yeah. about talking to him because he's one of my heroes too. But that was good. Yeah, I, I think, didn't get a picture that night though. Yeah, so I, I didn't either. That. But I, I, with like the the touring and stuff that I've done, I've had the opportunity to meet quite a few people like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have a lot more. I don't sure. think that I've ever had any bad experiences. The worst one was Frank Mellon from Suffocation. Oh, and all that was was like, oh hey Frank, and I was like, yeah. eighteen. Yeah, like, hey Frank, and he's like, I'm not Frank, and like, walked away. Oh, but it was him. It was oh, definitely he just walked off stage. Oh wow, and, like, 
<laughs> I approached Mike Muir in Salem. I saw them play, and there was like under it was an undercrowded, uh, underpopulated show. And, okay. Uh, he made himself available after the show, and I approached him just for an autograph or whatever. But never really had any like discussions, you know. Yeah. That would have been cool, but he's a he'd be cool to talk to. Oh yeah. Know? Oh yeah. He'd be really cool to talk to. He's very vocal. Yeah. What about you, Jory? My big one that I was super nervous about. So I finally got an opportunity to see Opeth in 2011. And, you know, I was only 20 years old at the time. It was my first. I think I was at that show with you without knowing it right. in Spokane, We didn't right? know each other yeah, back then. Yeah, we didn't know each other. That's cool. But I drove all the way from Bozeman, Montana to go see them. And I was the only, for whatever reason, I was the only VIP member who bought the VIP pass to see them backstage. And so it was just me and Opeth. And, like, I was <laughs> intimidated as fuck. I'm like, oh, what am I going to? Yeah. talk to these guys about what I'm going to ask them so I felt like kind of a fanboy ass like I just kind of asked you know like about albums and stuff right. I'm like well you guys I guess you're not screaming on this tour I mean that's fine but like you could, I don't know it, it was it was really awkward but also they were just champs about it they were such nice people and cool. they just kind of seemed tired so they were hanging out with one fun trivia fact is that they offered me a beer but knowing who I am I'm like I'm not old enough guys <laughs> straight laced piece of shit that I am yeah. and so that I could have an I could have had my first beer with Opeth dude what oh. a story that would have yeah. been but I had a cup of coffee instead so. it was your first cup of coffee with Opeth <laughs> right yeah did you, have a, did you get a picture of these I guys I did and all okay, of them okay. yeah it was, nice. it was a great experience but yeah, that's super fun. awkward that I was just you know this, this kid yeah, yeah. And them, and that's it. So I have a yeah. funny story about a friend who uh, he he was just a fanboy of Hellstar, and James Rivera is the vocalist, and he's an amazing vocalist. And he saw them live, and he approached James Rivera, and Rivera's like, "Yeah, come back to my tour bus." And he was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be amazing!" So he goes on the tour bus, and these guys were like hardcore drug users. And the shit was going down on the bus. So I'm not going to say oh, what wow. drugs or anything. But yeah. my friend was just like, it totally evaporated his his, his love and just like oh, really? this excitement that oh, he had. Because no. these guys were just like, not just weed, you know, they were doing hardcore yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, boy. It's just a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. We hung out with Mayhem on their bus. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. Damn. Yeah. That yeah. was amazing. I've they were really out. chilled. Yeah, I've hung out with Mayhem a couple times. They've always been super nice to me. That's what I'll say. Oh, there's, 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 there's issues there. For I sure. see. I but see. Yeah. As a straight white man, they've always oh, been I very see. nice to me. <laughs> I see. Oh, damn. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about these. Uh, I mean, I don't really either. I just, it's accounts from people that know them well okay, cool. that yeah. I'm not going to get into on yeah, the air. tread carefully there. Yeah. Yeah. But that was great. Um, of course, Alex Webster, we've become friends with yeah, him. Yeah. That's cool. You've uh, developed you, a relationship with him. Yeah. Were you, you didn't go on the cannibal bus with me, did no, you? No, no. No. I think it was just John. But that's cool, man, that you got to... I mean, that would be like a dream kind of a podcast guest, too. Oh, yeah. I, I've i asked him. Good. I've asked him. Good. We have a couple of really cool guests that are coming up we that do. I'm not going to talk about. Good. But we've got some shit lined up that's going to be yeah. next level, I think. Um, but, yeah, like uh, Alex, super good dude. The Cannibal guys are great. Mayhem was really fun to hang out with. I think the older uh, I get, the more I just realize these are just normal people, you know. Right. And yeah. I, I don't really get... Yeah, it's it's still it's still cool though, like because oh, you know people yeah. that you admire, respect, and that yeah. are living these like cool lives or yeah. doing something interesting yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just better for my mindset to know that it's like oh they're just yeah normal people like us, and it's easier to approach them in that way if I wanted to. For sure, uh, Lawnmower Death was huge for me. Oh, you went on stage too. Yeah, I mean that was like going from <laughs> that's amazing as a kid in high school, yeah. like wanting to cover their songs yeah. and like painting their logo on my jacket. Yeah. 
to being on stage with them and then Incredible. making records with them and you know like that's yeah Andy, that's like Andy Whale as well I mean like oh, these kind of Andy Whale yeah dude I'm making records with him too now like, yeah Incredible. it's crazy yeah, um, I've been blessed yeah so yeah I mean there's a lot of those but Martin Van Drunen was really special too because I met him once growing up he was like my vocal idol when sure. I was in my grindcore band I just tried to emulate Martin Van Drunen mm-hmm. the first time I got to meet him was like my mind was blown and then I kept running into him and now it's to the point where like he'll see me at a show and he remembers me wow. and it just blows my mind that Asphyx show was the yeah. last time I saw him that was incredible and I was like I'm gonna approach him but he's not there's no reason he would remember me <laughs> you know yeah. but he's like oh dude like oh, yeah oh, amazing yeah and that was at a tonic lounge R.I.P. yeah R.I.P. Cool place. Yeah. Lo- I wish that place was still around. I don't know what's there now. Apartment blocks or something. Yeah, something like that. We should do a whole uh, Bandrunen episode. Yeah, that we really should. really cool. Maybe get him on. Maybe. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll that would be amazing. But we can just I, talk about his music. You know, yeah, don't I don't, that's the thing. I don't want to get guests for every show. Yeah, I feel exactly. like I'm, I'm getting excited about having guests. Sure, and sure. I'm like, yeah. But that's right. not the point of this thing. I got you. Yeah. Don't get me excited. <laughs> okay, we only have like two more quick emails. Um, this is from, so this is interesting. You got an email from your old friend. This yes. is an email from an old, old, old friend of mine, Dan Hill from Minneapolis. Nice. Uh, when I first moved to Minneapolis, he was a friend that I made fairly quickly. Uh, for some reason, I don't know, I don't remember why exactly, but I called him Confederate Hat Guy. Okay. And so if you listen to the old Sloth demos that I did in the 90s, there's songs like Confederate Hack Guy plus Poop or something. <laughs> um, he's thanked and like everything I did back then. Like he was a, he was a close friend. Um, we've fallen out of touch, but just because of time and sure. distance and all that. Yeah. Uh, but he wrote in. First time wow. I heard from him in quite a while. That's so. Awesome. And honestly, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be for the podcast or just for me, but fuck it. I'm going to read it anyway. Okay, cool. Hello, old friend. Dan Hill here. I hope you're well. It sounds like things are going good in your camp. Obviously, we have had very limited interaction since you left Minneapolis, but I've followed your career and have enjoyed your projects over the years. I actually listened to Especially Likely Sloth a few years ago on Christmas break when I was sorting and labeling my old tapes. So many Simpsons and Cannibal the Musical samples. First time I saw Cannibal the Musical was with him nice. That's on so good. like an advanced <laughs> copy of VHS at his house. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. So good. Uh, we spoke briefly when Agalock played Minneapolis, and one random night I was berated by the lead singer Primordial on one of your Facebook posts for stating my unpopular opinion that Exodus sucks from a lyrical standpoint. Can we pause real quick? Yeah. We hung out with the dude from Primordial, too. Oh, that's right. That Alan, was awesome. We did. We had Alan, beers with him. Dude. Yeah. He was He's a great dude. Great dude. Yeah. Sorry they're, about that. Oh, they're playing MDF, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah. are. So that'd be cool. Ooh. Maybe we could see him. Is Atheist playing, too? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I was hoping. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, Alan's great. Cool guy. He hates American beers, though. Yeah. Yeah. He I tried to give him an IPA. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's complaining. Uh, Dan's complaining about Exodus, Exodus lyrics. Okay. Um, quote, I'll teach you a lesson in violence you won't soon forget. The pleasure of watching you die is what I get. Terrible. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. That's funny. That's funny. I know lots of fine metal heads like them, as is their right. I like some stuff I could I could be verbally slain over, as we all do. I think all metal heads and music enthusiasts, for that matter, form an interesting Venn diagram when compared to another one's tastes. 
I've been meaning to listen to your podcast for a while, and tonight I finally did. I started with the Halloween episodes you did a couple months ago, as I am a horror guy. I didn't know how much I was missing hearing adults speak of the music I grew up listening to and continue to enjoy. As I have aged, the amount of people I can talk to about death, doom, thrash, black folk, etc., metal, has been greatly reduced. Mm-hmm. I still go to shows and have a couple show friends that like the energy, but they do not actively follow the bands. Most of the folks my age no longer listen to new music and or no longer want to hear heavy stuff. It was nice to hear you and your host wax philosophical about the Grind Crusher album, which was life-changing for me, yeah. and your eventual embrace of the good Metallica. I didn't know you went from punk to black metal. It's not true. I went from punk to death metal. Yeah. But yeah. It's still a big jump. Yep. It's a weird jump. Yep. It explains a few of our musical disconnects as younger men. I'm not proud of much, but I have kept an open mind musically and therefore have enjoyed watching the form of music I love from a young age grow and thrive globally more than some. I'm not a closed-minded old schooler that complains when a band has keyboards, violin, female vocalist, etc. I'll spare you a long list of bands you should check out. I'll just say I still love me some metal of almost all varieties, as it sounds like you do as well. I have subscribed and look forward to catching up on the back catalog and hearing some new bands to check out. Take care and have a great 2024. Damn. Yeah. That was excellent. Yeah. Good to hear really from him. Really well thought out. Yeah. He and I did a demo once uh, in the 90s in one day. Um, my girlfriend at the time said, you guys should go like fuck off to your room because you're annoying us. And we're like, I was like, hey, let's just like record a demo. And nice. we did. And we called it Underpants Ahoy. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> and I have it somewhere. Nice. It's I don't even remember what it sounds <laughs> like, amazing. but I'm sure it's amazing oh yeah it's yeah. gotta be uh he yeah. brings up some interesting topics one yeah. of them which is like as we grow older it's like the the people you connect with and music it's a little changes you know yeah it, it changes we're not yeah out there it shows all the time or whatever it is you know yeah or life happens life people happens. change happens. times change yeah. yeah i think it's he brings up something that's been on my mind a lot lately um like you and i go to shows together often yes well, at least if they're happening we go to them and we make an effort to go to them and we go up front and we get in with the people and we get sweat on and we get i like that energy pushed around Mm -hmm. i have many other friends that are like oh i never go to shows at all anymore yeah so it's really interesting like that or that dynamic or i have friends that are like i don't check out any new bands ever at all Um, it's interesting like there's not a lot of people you can find that are uh, on your same journey as you yeah yeah Agreed. So he, he brings up that point. That's interesting. Uh, also, he brought up that some people go to shows just for the energy and not exactly the bands. That's interesting. I, I mm-hmm. met this dude once, uh, and he struck me. He was a work friend. He struck me as very straight He struck you? Stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, talking to him, telling him I was in the metal, he tells me that anytime Vader is in town, he goes to see Vader. And it was because of the energy. He doesn't even really know the music. And uh, it struck me as strange, you know, like, it oh, is, wow. That is strange. Of all bands, you know. And we were just talking about Vader yesterday. We were, yeah. yeah. The ultimate I was, incantation. I always forget just how good they are. Yeah, so tight, dude. So tight. Exactly. So tight. And I think it's yeah. what he liked about them, just like yeah. that per- precision. Yeah. As in, he was an engineer as well. So I wonder if that... Dude, that it is like a mind. really relatively unknown yeah, band. Yeah, of even, all bands. Even yeah. in death metal. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of what, yeah, it's just, it's weird. But it was just once a year to like let loose, you know, to go see Vader. Wow. Weird. Huh. And I was like, let's go to a different show, you know, there's a band coming up next week. Not interested. Interesting. Weird. That's wild. (laughs) I wonder if it's a familiarity thing or if it's just like, you know. He knows he'll have a good time there, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, He doesn't really like the music enough to go check everything out, but he wants to see the energy of the one band he likes. So he's, he's not a death metal fan? Nope. 
Not at all. Really? Not at all. Well, it was really weird. <laughs> First time I've so experienced it. So just Vader. <laughs> just Vader. For whatever reason, it was Vader. Weird. And he'd go once a year when Vader came to town to, to see a show. Wow. Huh. It's a weir- weird world we live in when Vader comes to town once a year, too. Seems like they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I remember when Dark Tranquility was coming here like once a year, too. Oh, in their softer years? Or yeah. yeah, later on. Yeah, later That's on. That's too bad. That's right. Okay, last email. This is the winner of our giveaway from last episode. Uh, Another Kyle. No, not really. Uh, His name, I can't pronounce this name. Leonard Ermel, I guess. Yeah, that looks like it. Yeah. He said, Dear Jason, is it the YDP? Okay, so yes, it's the YDP. I thought this was something that people didn't really know about. Apparently, everybody knows about this. I got... Dozens of responses. So, what was the question again? To remind the question again was aside from the demo, which Agalock release am I not on? Yeah, exactly. and it's the YDP. Yeah, I was yeah. living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the time. A lot of the stuff was pre-recorded, and John and Don just kind of like fleshed it out. There wasn't a lot of bass on that album. There's a little bit, and I think John did the bass. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, I'm not on that one. I again, I thought people didn't really know that, but apparently everybody knows. Um, so I sent him a big package, a bunch of shit. Very cool. Yeah. All the way to Germany. Amazing. Cost me like 600 bucks. Yeah, you paid the price. Cool. Yeah. Oh, what a dedicated host you are. Yeah. But this is kind of cool. Um, I actually met him in Germany at the Prophecy Fest. I didn't, I remember this happening, but it was like a, just a brief encounter. But he did a little sketch of us doing sound check. Wow. And so he sent me a scan of the sketch. And oh, yeah, that looks really good. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I mean, that's, it's to the likeliness, for sure. It's hard for me to turn this laptop around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did I, I think cool. I showed that to you before, didn't I? I think you did. Yeah, yeah you said it to me. Yeah, yeah. but I, I nice. think it's really cool. He's a good artist. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for emails. Um, I would like to do another giveaway like that, like a little another trivia giveaway. Uh, email me at hate.pod.music at gmail.com. And the what? question is, if you give me an idea for a good question for next episode. <laughs> you'll get a package. Yeah, you'll get a package. <laughs> so if you have any good ideas for trivia questions, email us. And, and ones that you one, can't look up on Google. That's the that's Well, the that's, secret, the, right? that's the hard part, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, everything you can look up. Everything you can look up. But the first person that emails me with one that I like. But yeah, email me with an idea about a good trivia question. Include your address and shirt size, and I'll send you some garbage that you'll just have to throw away instead of me. <laughs> lots of download well, codes. Lots uh, of download love that, codes. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move on. You ready? Ready. You, man yeah i'm good um so i'm trying to figure this uh the, the headset thing out because i hate wearing him like this yeah. then i can't hear my fucking voice yeah, yeah exactly uh-huh. true yeah 
and uh, the speakers on this laptop are fucking broken, so I have to do it this way. <laughs> yeah, nice. You're like a real yeah. DJ with the one, the one headphone. The one headphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting fucking techno. <laughs> so you were, you were in the studio today recording? Well, I'm, I'm here pretty much every day just um, trying to work on this new album of mine. I mean, usually I just get in the studio and then I realize everything I did the day before was, was shitty. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just do everything over again. And uh, then I get back the next day and then it was like a little less shitty. And then I do most of it over and, you know, until they're done. Yeah. So in about 10 years, I guess we'll have an album. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, 10 years. That's that's. No, it's, no, it's going to be... Pro- <laughs> Probably a couple of months. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there now. Your output seems to be pretty, pretty prolific. I don't know. It, as far as my creativity, it comes out a lot slower than yours, dude. <laughs> it's it's kind of like um, I have periods when I do uh, a lot of stuff, and then I I just have periods where, where I just uh, I fuck around and and nothing happens for like two or three years. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so uh, I probably have like five albums started. You know. Wow. Um, <clears throat> all going in different directions and so you just kind of have to like buckle down and, and focus on one of them right i can relate to that a lot uh, right now yeah absolutely yeah 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 so that's that's what i'm doing right now do those all become mortis albums or are they uh other projects you have as well uh i think they're gonna be all mortis albums nice. i'm kind of um i'm kind of over the whole side project yeah. thing. But, <laughs> yeah 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 but you never know yeah you know, right. if, if something if something turns out to be so fucking like uh weird and out there you know that it don't won't even fit us more just then maybe maybe i'll you know bring something back from the grave you know as far as side projects but i yeah. don't think so yeah that makes sense um so we're we're all in portland oregon here and you were here last summer you played enchanted forest and star theater yeah uh, right I, I unfortunately had to miss those shows because it was my daughter's birthday but uh, uh both yeah. days well <laughs> yeah what the hell's your problem man? yeah yeah she has two birthdays uh wow. no, no the the one enchanted forest sold out like way yeah. quicker than i could get a ticket yeah that was a small show though man it was like yeah what was it like 150 people or yeah, something exactly. or yeah something so, like that something yeah. like that yeah but yeah. uh yeah i missed out but but you guys went didn't you i went it was uh, a spiritual man it was terrible really cool. terrible <laughs> no for yeah. me it was not i don't know about you how you feel but i really enjoyed the show and i thought you nailed it and uh it was all right that. i mean it, it, it was weird and i i, I like the place it, it's not your a uh, typical uh, venue for me but um you know i think what made it stranger um was was the fact that that was the first time i did that album yeah exactly so that's all uh, the maiden voyage, you know. So they were right. like two two strange things. It's a cool place, uh, no doubt about it. But it's it's an unusual venue, uh, and, and you're you're doing you know a lot of that music for the first time I ever uh, had it live. So um, had you, you had know, requests for that in the past? Were you, were you asked a lot about uh, playing that album before? Um. I don't know if uh, I think I think not necessarily asked to play it live, but a lot of people talk about it as you know w- in a sort of dungeon synth kind of conversation. Um, if I talk to them, you know, they it, it gets brought up as the one that they seem to like the most. You know, not everybody, but a lot of people seem to yeah. seem to enjoy that one um, in in that sort of dungeon synth kind of um, setting. Right. You know, because I think I think the records that came after that. Um, I evolved a lot after that, you know, it became a little more epic 
ish. And then the songs got shorter, and all of a sudden I was doing like English lyrics. So right. uh, I suppose the atmosphere on the first album, I kind of moved away from it, and uh, you know, which is natural because you evolve as an artist. But yeah. looking back, I realized the first one was kind of different. Did you feel like it was a step back or anything like that, having to play that and be, having to kind of uh, have these requests to play it? Is that something that? You're no, okay that was my choice. You know, yes. I, I guess I did. I did a similar thing a few years back when when I did the Ondlesmith opera and I re-recorded the whole thing and it became Spirit of Rebellion. And I toured that a lot, and I was like, "Fuck, I can't just keep playing the same thing." Yeah. And and um, I kind of enjoyed that that whole going on stage and being just me. Maybe I, I also bring a drummer sometimes to make it a bit more organic. So I I, I like that because it's uncomplicated. Uh, as opposed to doing the whole band thing where, you know, you're four people and there's so many things that go wrong and there's like four fucking different brains colliding and stuff like that. So um, I realized it was quite an easy gig to to do these things and I liked the atmosphere of it. And, and, um, you know, uh, as opposed to many years ago where I had kind of a problem with my 90s stuff, which turned out to be more like a problem I had with myself. It wasn't really the stuff in the 90s. It was my brain being dumb, <laughs> depression and all that stuff, you know. But anyway, uh, it, it was it was just my own choice because I always thought like, well, this kind of worked out when I did, when I re-recorded that Ondan album. I thought, well, this is kind of cool. I enjoyed it. So after a while, I'm thinking, well, if I ever do this again, I'm going to do it with the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seemed like uh, your originally in, your original intent was to be a solitary project. You know, was that were you doing oh, yeah, that yeah. because you were uh, just wanting to be independent like that, or were you just couldn't find the right people? Like, how did it how did it start in that way? In the beginning, yeah. Um, I think it was more about me being sick of being in bands. You know, because I'd done a couple of bands before Emperor that kind of failed. Well, we never really had a chance to fail, even, but it was just sort of. I was the only guy, I think, in those bands that really kind of wanted to take it a few steps up, you know, and, and get something done. And so those uh, were a couple of bands, and, and they didn't go anywhere. Then Emperor happened, and, and that that was definitely going places. But with my <laughs> temper back in the day, uh, <laughs> and 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 other issues, you know, that didn't it lasted about a year and a half or something like that. So 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 once that that sort of part of my life was over, and those three bands that kind of kind of happened, bam, 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 you know. Uh, I was a little sick of it. I was like, fuck, bands, bands suck. It sucks being in a band because, you know, they either fail or I get fired. So so that kind of triggered um, the desire to, if I'm going to keep doing music, which I wanted because I always love music, uh, I'm just going to do this on my own. And at the point, at that point, I was heavily into Tanya and Dream and synthesizer stuff like 70s, um, atmospheric synthesizer music and stuff like that. So I'm thinking I could try making music on keyboards. Um, I never intended to sound like Tangerine Dream or anything like that because I had, I, I, I used to look at all the old albums and look at these. <laughs> look, I had a bit, bit of a cold, by the way. That's why I sound a bit yeah, stuffy. No, no problem. Um, I was looking at all these old photos from the records with like all the modulars and the walls of fucking modular synthesizers. I didn't even know what a fucking modular was. Yeah, I was yeah, reading the list yeah. of equipment. And I'm like, I never heard about any of this. Like I recognized Roland and Korg. Sure, yeah. In Yamaha, you know, like the big the big companies, you know. <clears throat> and then I was on this like fucking PPG waves and fucking these obscure sequential circuits. What the fuck are <laughs> Yeah, ARP Odyssey, ARP 2006. What 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 are those things? So you didn't see those. They were 
old, old even by by that point. They were ancient even then. So you know that didn't barely exist. So I was like, I'm not going to copy stuff I don't even understand. But I I love the idea yeah. of making music on keyboards and also also the fact that they um their old album the old Clashools albums um. Tanya and Dream and some of the other bands, you know, they had like these 30 minute long songs. And I yeah. thought that was awesome. Yeah. Broke all the rules, you know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah. I yeah. really like that. It was, it's really interesting how you kind of, you created that style at that point in time. Um, I, think, I didn't know that I, that I did that. Well, <laughs> I just made music. Yeah. That's yeah. how it happened. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. But it's really interesting how you, you went from these full bands and you're like, I want to play keyboards and make some kind of keyboard driven music. And you're referencing Tangerine Dream. And then I always do. (laughs) Yeah. And then what you come up with is, you know, is your early records on cold meat and all that. Like that's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Like that's a, you can definitely see some similarities with things like, um, with black metal, but, uh, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it's was completely unique at the time. I think, I think the parallels with black metal was obviously, um, it was in my blood at the time because I just come out of the whole black metal scene. Like it had just kind of started. Yeah. Well, it hadn't started because you had the whole wave in the 80s, of course, which sure. was, a, was a different thing. But um, that Norwegian madness that was just about to ensue, you know, back yeah. in those days, that, that had just kind of started and we didn't really know what was li- lying ahead. Um, but there was definitely, you know, that sort of extremist attitude was in me. And uh, and I just brought that into my keyboard music, you know, with, with um, I want to make the, the ultimate dark music, you know, like really fucking somber and shit. And, yeah. And I didn't know how to play. It was just like, I'm just gonna make sounds and then, and then you know, make different melodies and piece them together. I didn't have a sequence or anything. I wasn't able to multi-track. And I've never been. I, I don't know musical theory to this day. I just hear stuff in my head and I just try to fucking put that into put the world. Yeah. Um, but at, you know, these days I have the opportunity to to multi-track and I can try stuff out and I can delete it and go back and try again. Back in those days, I just had to, I would make melodies and then I would try to remember that melody while making a second melody that was supposed to layer with the first okay. one. Yeah. And I would like to write them down and in color codes and just practice, practice, practice. And hopefully they would fit together once you got to the studio and you, you know, back in those days, it was tape machine too, which was kind of cool because it was analog. Right, but you couldn't play a mistake. You played a mistake. You got you had to start all over. You know, right. you can't edit that. That's not fucking Pro Tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, man. <laughs> you made it so much easier now. Then, Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you realize, oh shit, that melody that I want to put over that one doesn't completely work. It <laughs> fucking crashes. Man. It's like awful. Yeah. And you realize that in this studio, and you're like, oh, I'm shit. paying for this. <laughs> so like, so you got to change stuff, and I'm not really a good player. So it's like a big problem, you know. But we figured it out, and sometimes I didn't care. I was like, I said, just one note. It's like kind of like a little dissonant over there, and like, oh, like fix it in the mix. Yeah, yeah which is impossible. You, you don't fix it in the mix. You just you think you're gonna fix it in the mix, but you don't. You don't. Right. It's always <laughs> yes. better to do it right off the bat and just get it right the first yeah. time. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it, if yeah. it's fucked, it's fucked, man. Exactly. <laughs> Those early yeah. albums seemed like they were almost not improv, but almost like you're coming up with it on the spot. But it sounds like to me like you had a lot of it written out and just. Uh, well, they were kind of like anything but improv. They were really actually quite practiced in, and, and I had written everything down with all the fades, and I'd written down Amazing. all the notes for every effect that was going to be on each um, sound, you know, with the attack and the release mm-hmm. of the sound. It had these primitive keyboards, you know, so you only really had a quite limited um, ability to edit your sounds. 
it was basically like attacking beliefs and sustain us with this, this one envelope, you know, and um, yeah. I didn't really know about filters, you know, stuff like that, you know. Later on, when I heard, when I realized, realized what filters were, I was like, "That's fucking techno crap, man." <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I love filters now. I, I, I think they're fantastic. You can create incredible atmospheres using them. Um, but at the time, I didn't, I didn't understand that. And I'm kind of glad because I think, I think it's better the way that it is, instead yeah. of like too much sort of um, studio trickery, you know. Sometimes I yeah. think uh, technical limitations really lend themselves to creativity in ways that you wouldn't be creative otherwise. You know, those those type of limitations sometimes yeah. really help me anyway. These days a lot, what I what I catch myself doing a lot is like shit I'm on the third day of just tweaking. I haven't yeah. actually worked on music. Yeah. I'm just fucking tweaking shit. Yeah. You know, I'm not working on actual music and sometimes it's kinda of like, okay, that that's enough for that. You know, so there was none of that back in those days. It was just music. Yeah, it seems like you have a pretty impressive wall of gear behind you. Yeah, I see at least four keyboards, a few different racks. I, I got. There's there's more than that. Yeah, wow. I imagine. <laughs> are, um, are you? Well, well, this is cool when it works. It's always <laughs> something that malfunctions. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. I yeah. Are you, are you in Oslo? No, I'm about um, about an hour away. Okay. Fredrikstad, okay. Which is close. Close. If you, I don't know if you can imagine Norway in your head, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like towards. Uh, I think it's like southeast of Oslo, which in, in, closer to the Swedish border. Nice. Oh, okay. About a half nice. an hour from Sweden. Okay, great. Do you have? Uh, does all that equipment overwhelm you? Do you get inspired by having all the uh, newer equipment, or do you keep up with that kind of stuff? Like, yeah. A, a lot of this stuff isn't really that new. Nice. Um, it probably just looks like it from a distance. Yeah. I mean, it's there's like a lot of Dynacords and stuff. It's like old German weird fucking echoes. That's um, awesome. And and um, multi brigade um, delays stuff like that. And uh, I think the newest thing here is um, might be the Decker's Dream synth, which is like the CS80 Evangelist synth. You know? Yeah. Oh, right. great. Amazing. Um, <laughs> which is fucking expensive, and I haven't really used it yet. Oh damn! <laughs> it really reminds me of that. I haven't really <laughs> learned it, but there was a guy selling it. Um, on one of those sort of uh, Norwegian Craigslist, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I fucking love Angelus and Blade Runner, you know? Yeah. And I, I know that's like, apparently it's a very nice tribute to that synthesizer. Like it sounds quite similar. And it was selling it at a pretty good price and I had the money and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> nice. Because at least I have it now, you know? Right. So I can use it whenever I get around to it. It's going to have to be its own own album or something like that just using that one oh, yeah. that'd be cool yeah yeah so that's probably the newest piece of uh equipment that i have here i mean it's like even tights and other old shit you know it's like 80s 70s and 80s stuff mostly beautiful yeah very cool. i like um how do you feel about the term dungeon synth i'm okay with it now um when somebody brought that up to me it's, it's got to be like it must be closing in on a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, someone mentioned it. Um, I thought it was a bit silly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my first fair. thought was, um, are they serious or are they, are they just kind of laughing at that type of music or, or are they being funny? Yeah. And, and, um, the second thought I had, how do you get electricity in a dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an oxymoron or whatever that's called. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't so think that was that, that was kind of like that was my sort of humorous uh, yeah. thought about it, and uh, 
And uh, yeah, so I thought it was a little silly, and you know, it didn't it didn't sound. It's, it doesn't sound as cool as heavy metal. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Black metal. That's <laughs> yeah. like fucking. You know, yeah, exactly. Dungeon Sim. I had to live with it for a while. Now I, I kind of like it. Um, but I guess it's because the genre has it hasn't. I wouldn't say it's it's not a big commercial thing, but it's within its own realm. It seems to have expanded quite a lot. Yeah, pretty immensely in the last ten years. Quite, yeah, um, it, while also remaining underground. So it kind of reminds me a lot of that sort of like eighties death metal, crash metal, but at a smaller level. But yeah. it's yeah. like it didn't go like this. It just went like this. Yeah, uh, if right. that visualization makes any sense. Totally. Yeah. So I've been living with it, and I'm like, yeah, I think it's cool. Now I've gotten so used to it, I couldn't imagine it being called anything else. Yeah. Do you, Do you think you it's, it's, any... it's like that old band Kiss, right? It's a <laughs> shitty fucking band name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just a sound now, and it couldn't be any other sound. That's right. Yeah. It has yeah. to be Kiss. Exactly. Yeah. It's a stupid name. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that it, completely. That's what it, it's got to be that. You don't even yeah. think about the connotation or what it even means anymore. It's just kiss, you know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it, tr- it transcends any meaning. It's like it's yeah. just sounds in a word now at this point. I, yeah. think, I think maybe that's what's happening to Dungeon At least in my mind, you know, it's just accepted and that that's what it is. Yeah. Do you have any concept of how large Dungeon Synth has gotten in the last ten years or so? Um, I know there's a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, but, but as, to be honest, beyond that, I don't know. I don't think there are any huge sellers in the sense that, you know, oh, he sold 50,000 albums. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't no think way. So. I, don't, no I don't think no. that's, I, I don't think anything is big in that sense. But, um, I just mean, my like, impression is, sorry. Sorry. I, mean, I, just, I just mean the number of projects. Uh, right. Right. Well, now. And that's what I was about to say. It yeah. kind of feels like every fucking black metal musician, at least, has a side project that, that is a dungeon center project. So they're, yeah. they're all kind of like, carving out their own little space in that mm-hmm. space yeah um that's my impression anyway i could be wrong yeah it, i mean but. we here in portland there's dungeon synth festivals you know there's there's yeah. there's a real scene for it that didn't exist even 10 years ago less but, i would say yeah. yeah less than 10 years maybe even five or six <clears throat> yeah um do you do you take any credit for creating this genre do you think that that's that's accurate to say that you created this Everybody should pay me royalties for everything they do. I would, I would happily do that. <laughs> great answer. Fuck yeah, just send all that shit to Marta. That yeah. is so great. Uh, no, no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I know. I know. I was. I was early, and, and I guess most of them know who I am. Yeah. So I, I think some new. I think some new players probably don't even know because it's already now. Yeah, it's true. It's been so long. Dungeon yeah. has actually been around for a few years. So yeah. you have like, see, so you, you know, there, there, there are sort of rookies within a rookie genre if, if yeah. i don't mean that in a derogatory way but yeah, right. you know there's new people coming into a relatively new scene and this old dude <laughs> that i was doing that shit like you know fucking back in life yeah it's a bit like someone getting into like black metal death metal thrash metal now may not know who venom were yeah right, right. that's mm-hmm. true you know mm-hmm. and if you play them venom they they think it sucks too yeah yeah right, right. this, this is hard rock or would, something yeah i think they should <laughs> die because of it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking so so i, th- I th- i'm not comparing myself to venom in any way but i mean the yeah, right. same principle i think kind of um applies a little bit mm-hmm. 
where, where you know it's not like I have constant exposure every fucking day to everybody that listens to Dungeon Synth. I mean, I pop up once in a while, yeah. and then you know I've seen some some of these sort of forums where someone has about you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking Mortis. Show some respect to some some asshole guy <laughs> yeah. or something. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, there's definitely like a generational gap or something. For sure. How's that yeah. feel to have all that, the older stuff reissued? Even that VHS has been reissued and uh, shadow, this new Shadow of the Tower thing that you put out and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, the thing, the tape I found on. on yeah, on that's the really cool you did that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a drony thing. I don't know what kind of music that really is. It was made in the same time, but I was getting, I was slowly transitioning over to like more industrial music, you know, yeah. back in the late 90s. So I was getting into that. <laughs> But I mean, I control a lot of that stuff, not all of it, because Eric unfortunately owns stuff like Crypt of the Wizard and, and the Stargate. So, um, although the Crypt album is in a, in a way being reissued now, actually in a couple of weeks, I'm out of season. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're, we, we found a little bit of a loophole uh, <laughs> Good. <laughs> in, in that old terrible uh, Eric contract. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically like a deal with the devil. You know, you can't yeah. get out of it. Even in, like this many years later, still held up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're assholes. Is yeah. it one and, of those uh, uh, in, per, in perpetuity type agreements? Yeah, in oh, perpetuity geez. for 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 uh, the known universe. I yes. think it says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. That's that's pretty encompassing. Yeah, yeah. My band got offered an Eric contract, and it was the same thing. Like in this universe, and every known universe, or something like that. And, yeah. yeah, because Luke? now, of course, you know, Marvel might be onto something. There are multiple universes, right? right? So that, yeah. they can Bizarre sell my Eric. fucking. They yeah. covered that as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They can sell to all the parallel versions of the people that already bought the fucking album. They can sell it again. Yeah. But they probably bought the album in the parallel universe, I guess. It's like Yeah, exactly. Maybe. So it's like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Have they but been yeah, keeping up nuts. with with uh, with reissuing it or anything? I haven't even heard. I don't know. They're just sitting on it, I think, right? I'm or, sorry? Are they just what sitting on those albums on Earache? Or are they actually... Is Earache yeah. doing anything with that stuff? No, the last time they reissued anything was, I guess, back in 2007 or eight or something like that. It took, uh, uh, because they own my first album in, in the world, except for the United States. So I oh. can do reissues of it over in the U.S. Oh, legally. Yeah. That's why that's going on sometimes. I see. In the rest of the world, I had to be very careful about selling it because, you know, yeah, right. they tried to fucking, they, they got all shitty about, I, I remember once on my website, I, I sold a few cassettes of it. You know, I'm sitting over here in my web store over here, and, and they email me so that you can't do it. Oh, my God. You own it here. And I'm like, it's a couple of fucking cassettes. Just don't do it. Wow. They're fucking crazy. These are wow. the people that put out fucking Morbid Angel. They made a lot of money, and yeah. they go fucking bitching over cassettes, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not about the money. It's about the fucking power and control. Right. Just they're not good in the head. It's a headache um, as well as earache, right? Asic, <laughs> we call them. Asic, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of labels, I wanted to talk to you a second about Cold Meat. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like I felt like your work with Cold Meat was really appropriate for that label. Uh, you know, sharing I think it home. was different for them, but it worked. It was different, but like, w but with acts like like Raison Detra and things like that. Um, I remember yeah. in the '90s, uh, Cold Meat was really big for me. Um, after a while, I kind of like lost track of them a little bit, but uh, I thought that it was really interesting. You kind of going from like this black metal background to really feeling like, at least from my perspective, it's, it felt like your your albums were very much at home on on that label. I thought it worked out. I mean, I know um, I know it was different from what he had put out earlier, but I was yeah. like you. I was a fan of the discovered um, me through one of those um, Slayer mags. 
uh, I think it was like Slayer 7 or 8. Yeah. And it was an mm-hmm. interview with Roger and back of it. And he, he looked like, like they, they, he put on some like weird makeup, but it looked like his eyes had been gouged out or something. And for like 92, that was fucking different, man. That was like, I was like, this is fucking darker than the black metal stuff I've seen oh, so far. You know? Those, wow, yeah. those uh, early Briar Death Now records are some of my favorite shit. Yeah, I hadn't even, hadn't even, even heard the music at the time. Well, it's not music, really. It's just sounds. Yeah. 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 But um, I just saw this photo of him sitting in a couch, like it, it, it was like so suicidal looking, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I, so I wrote the label based on that photo alone, you know. And, wow. uh, oh, really? Okay. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, well, that's how we did it back in those days in the eighties too. It was all face value, like you know, if if, if a band had a whoever had the coolest record sleeve, that was the album I was going to buy. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yep. You know, back in the eighties, and so Necrophagia, you know, like with Season of the Dead, obviously. I mean, I bought that one immediately. Yeah. Remember that one? Yep. Yep. That's how I got zombies fucking eating that corpse. Yeah, of course, amazing. It doesn't sound that hardcore now, but (laughs) no. In eighty seven, that was insane. Oh yeah, we were there. Um, Yep. Did the same thing back then. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, So so yeah. So I I wrote him, and um, he he got back to me, and I ordered some stuff, and uh, I got got like the Pain in Progress LP. I remember that. mm some other stuff and um race on death you know i uh, had like prospectus one i think was out at the time uh-huh <clears throat> and slaughter natives you know stuff like I that i love and slaughter natives that that's so good yeah. oh it's fucking great man it's cool um he actually mastered some later albums for me actually like many many years later so, so oh, he's really? a great guy okay yeah, awesome. yeah yeah um yeah, so after a while, I sent him a tape of my first album, and he was like, fuck, man, I want to put this out. And I, well, I can't do that because I'm signed with Malicious Records in Germany. We're going to put out the first one, but I, I have another one recorded, basically, so we, we got into a deal. And Nice. Then then a lot of the uh, cold meat industry sort of uh, elitist people got a little pissed off because I came out of the wrong scene, you know? Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Metal guy. Yeah. Well, uh, that reminds me of Vond. Yeah. Um, the only reason that exists was because, um, uh, the music was slightly different than Mortis. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I should have just put everything out as Mortis. Oh, I would have oh, had, yeah, uh, I was wondering a, a, a that. more interesting discography, really, instead of just watering it out with all these side projects. But, you know, that's like sort of thinking in hindsight, you know, you, I can't fucking change it. It is what it is, you know? Yeah. Did you feel like but, um, that was a natural yeah. progression, the Vond, uh, what you were into, or uh, coming from early Mortis, or was I forget the timeline exactly, but well, the first Vond was recorded um, just a couple of months after the first Mortis. Wow, they, they were kind of made at the same time, really, wow. uh, and it was actually released before the first Mortis because um, that was on a different label called Necromantic Gallery, I think. They were putting out the LP, and they were quicker. <laughs> to just get shit done yeah yeah <laughs> they're malicious so they so it's really weird my side project was released before my main project yeah. so that it doesn't make it doesn't make sense and it kind of pissed me off at the time but, but i was also excited that i was my first lp that i'm on it was a big deal to be on yeah. i'm on that wax that's me fucking yeah. playing there you know yeah, that's, that's that was incredible deal. to me yeah yeah you know, it's it still kind of is, but I mean, it, it was a way bigger deal at the time. You know, that back in '94 or whenever that came mm-hmm. out, um, I thought that was fantastic. Do you want to talk about the cover? Or what was the the cover art? Is just so so shocking. You know, uh, is it? I don't know. To me, like um, when I, I remember in '94, it was for me. It was like what? I think the hell it, I think it was probably more shocking at the time. But you got to also think about like you know if. If you ever collected like punk singles or punk albums, 
they put way worse shit on their covers. There were like all kinds of suffering and war, fucking atrocities and stuff right there on the sleeve. Yeah, that's true. Not because they liked it, but because they were against it. It was like, look at this shit that's happening in this world. Yeah. Um, so a couple of people sitting in a, in a, in a bathtub with a knife. It's not really that bad. <laughs> but I think it uh, – um, but it got banned, I think, in Germany. Oh, really? Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Because this was back in the day when records were still sold in stores and stuff. There were still record stores and shit like that. And people were buying CD and vinyl was dying, you know. And, yeah. and I remember the, the guy from – because Malicious were putting out the CD version of it. And when that eventually came out, they told me something along the lines of like, shit, it's been banned in German stores. <laughs> wow. It was never made to sell. So no. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? The, the atmosphere but, uh, of the cover, though, is really intense. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm talking about. Yeah. The subject matter might not be too crazy, but it, the, the atmosphere of it is... It's an intense Well, the subject matter is pretty dark. It was about suicide. And it was basically, yeah. the lyric basically... Um, kind of um encourages uh taking your own life yeah. <laughs> which is uh i wouldn't i wouldn't have done that today i have kids now yeah i got more i feel more responsible about things but right. um back in those days it's basically a poem about like don't worry about it just take your life it's not that bad wow <laughs> death, yeah. death might be preferable yeah <laughs> i was uh i was a little depressed back in those days and a little dark-minded to you, you as a, as an adult, do you look back on that and you're, uh, you know, we're, all of us maybe were obsessed with death in the early 90s and I don't know, in our it youth. It was a thing, you know, yeah. yeah. We were definitely, um, I don't know, it was something aesthetic about it. Like, you know, we, 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 I think we thought about it in like artful terms in a way. Yeah. Even though I can't explain that any better, I guess. It was just a fascination, like a morbid fascination with it, you know. Um, still have it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I like dark things, you know. It's just, just my personality. Yeah. That doesn't mean I like for dark things to happen to people. That's right. But, True. You know, an art perspective, I it, I find it attractive. I find like it's a, it's a looking death in the face kind of thing almost. Maybe becoming a little more used to the inevitability that we all we will die. And maybe that's something that I should be okay with. So I'm going to face it. The inevitability of Dungeons so. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming for you coming. yeah whether you like it or not yeah eventually <laughs> whether you like it or not yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of which i would like to play a modern dungeon synth track uh you could play the one that that i had from Bandcamp. it's definitely uh influenced mortis okay. by mortis and it's interesting to to listen to it you know compared to his stuff his early stuff at least or if you want to go ultra modern you can play the the malfet one I don't know what the all vibe modern. <laughs> yeah, modern dungeon. <laughs> and it's it's all interconnected. It's yeah. yeah. So this is a friend of mine. This is a uh, track from an album I mastered this last year. It's called To Assail the Thresholds of Woe by Malfet. Oh yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Oh you do? Okay. So maybe mm-hmm. you've heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's cool. I haven't heard that track before. I wonder I if uh, I wonder if the you know kids are really into D and D and stuff. I wonder if that has kind of uh, made the genre more, you know. Oh, maybe so. Because they're listening to it while they play D and D or something. Because it's such a medieval melodies there and all these things. You know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like he's been listening to actual medieval music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that feeling as well. At least in that second second part there. Yeah. Had you heard that before, Mortis? Well, I, I did a few shows with Malfit, like when I toured the U.S., I think in 2020, right before the pandemic. Okay. Malfit was on, um, I think, three of them, actually. I think a couple of in, in California. And then his hometown, where they put on like a Mortis show, Mortis slash Malfit show. Wow. Uh, which was sort of like not part of the tour. Like by by that, I mean my agent wasn't involved with it. It was like between me and him. We just did it, tacked it on at the end of the tour. Right. But he was cool. Um, but, you know, I'm never able to check out bands right before I go on because putting on the, all that makeup and the mat, it takes about an hour. Mm-hmm. Does it really? Wow. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I I can do it quicker, really. But uh, I always got to like factor in like an hour just for safety. Yeah. In case there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Do you feel like that happens? A, it happens. Is there like a ritualistic thing about putting on the makeup and doing the whole thing? Is that, I guess, I don't know. How do you feel about doing um, it? Is it? Is it more of a drag than anything or do you really enjoy it? I think it's like, it's like part drag, part ritual. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a sense of turning into something different um, visually. You know, you're very much aware of when you put put all that stuff on. I mean, I'm, I I know I don't look like I usually do. Yeah. So there, there's a there's a there's a sensation to that. Don't know if it's ritualistic. Um, there's a lot of glue in the draggy part. Yeah. You know, get my face stick on. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, cool music. A lot of fucking reverb, man. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I dug that. It track. sounded. Um, it doesn't. It almost doesn't really sound like synthesizers anymore when you put on that much reverb and echo and stuff like that it just sounds like it's in a big fucking room you know like a hall right and or something like modern vsts it sounds a little more realistic as well in that regard yeah yeah what? i'm sorry what's that uh just like using modern vst synth instruments it sounds you know a lot more realistic than something on a you know old 90s keyboard would have sounded yeah what you mean when you wash it in reverb or either yeah right or even just on its own i feel like yeah um, I don't know. Does Mal they use VSTs or they use real instruments? I mean, or I, like I, real keyboards, like hardware stuff. Combination of both, I believe. I think All a right. lot of it is is a lot of VST stuff on uh, Apple Logic. Yeah. So. Ah. Yeah, I, I've gone the hardware route the last few years myself. But That's I use awesome. a lot of like uh, I use samplers a lot, like old samples like Mellotrons and oh, great. Um, Chamberlains. You know, who Chamberlain is kind of like a Mellotron. This sounds a bit cleaner. Hmm came out like in the 50s and the 60s like it's like a taped loop based sort of like keyboard thing like a mellotron is but it has a fucking great uh, one of the sounds is like a male operatic voice which is fucking fantastic wow that's like all the choir stuff from that spirit of rebellion album that I put out that's all like chamberlain samples so that's basically like a 50s fucking recording all over that's wow. yeah. so cool wow. Uh, wow that's really cool and for just for fun i thought well they might be cheap in real life I, there might be like a hammond organ like nobody wants them anymore like and i can get it for free and i checked that out on reverb and it's like thirteen thousand dollars <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah, exactly. i'll stick to my samples <laughs> yeah yeah so oh. jory what's your relationship with malfet did you master that record 
I did master that record. I, so I first came across Malfit when so I I've engineered or mastered uh, a lot of vinyl for the record label Dungeons Deep Recordings out of Ohio, um, and they put out all of uh, most of Malfit's discography, and that's how I came across them was their uh, first record, uh, The Snaking Path. Um, that was my first connection with them, and then I corresponded through email with uh, Ross of Malfit for a, f- a few years after that, and I finally um, got to see him at, uh, what was it, Litha Cascadia? And yeah. Oh, he what, played that. Cool. 2022. Yeah. Nice. And that's where we got to meet finally for the first time. And then I saw him again just recently at the Star Theater for the Dungeon Synth, synth show that was there. So, yeah. Great, great cool. human being. Nice. Yeah, he's nice. Love his music. So, yeah. What uh, album of yours are you most proud of there, Mortis? I think you have such a variety of uh, sounds coming out of your mind that uh, I'm just curious about that. I think the new one when that comes out. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That should always be the answer anyway. Yeah, like that's true. That's like, true. well, my new was not quite as good as those other five. <laughs> that would. Uh, yeah, you're never gonna that would, say that's that. A, that's a bad sign, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of was always pissed me off when Iron Maiden would do that or something. It's like, come on, we know, we know, we're not talking about Power Slave here. So let's just stop saying that this is any good. <laughs> but they have to say that. Yeah, though. of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, it's a new album. It's not top ten. But... Yeah. Right. We found this an one album. in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, it's in the contract. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Got to do it. Um, so, no, no. I mean, I don't know. I was, I was, I was pretty happy with Spread of Rebellion when that came out. But I know it's a re-recording, like 50-50. We recorded 50% new. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. But to be honest, I think uh, from the Mortis discography um, record, the record that I'm probably the most proud of so far, uh, it's, it's not a Dungeon Synth album. It's like, it's, it's one called The Great Deceiver, which is like uh, industrial rock type of thing. Um, because I've kind of felt like we made a really good industrial rock sounding album. And um, we beat a lot of like uh, obstacles and, and the, tackled a lot of problems at the time. Um, you know, personal shit and firing members and firing management and firing merch uh, suppliers. I fired everybody around me wow. while I was in the studio. And in the end, it was just me and the guitar player. Nobody else fired management. Wow. And uh, my wife almost fired me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so um, it was a crazy fucking time. And and, 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 uh, and nobody were interested in more at the time, too, because that kind of music was kind of dying away. Nobody really cared too much about industrial rock at the time. And everything was kind of like this tapering off and which was very frustrating because i knew we were making such a great album so it's kind of like more it's a exercise in this perseverance and just fucking just fucking sticking to it and just doing it and uh the album sold nothing nobody knows that it exists but you know fuck it um i love that album and i'm very still proud of it when did that come out it came out around 2016 okay we went yeah. out and we went out on this really weird tour with Mushroom Head in the U.S. No really? before it what? came out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And yeah, it was everything. It was just weird fucking days. So we did a couple of UK tours around that. I mean, they were okay. Um, we toured with Pig, which was fucking great, by the oh, way. Oh, okay. Remember, like old Raymond Watts, you know, the old KMFDM guy and all that. Yeah. Crazy. And um, had several KMFDM members on that tour too. So that was a it was a cool tour. Um, Badly promoted as everything was at the time in my life. It was always like you work shitloads and then nobody else does a fucking thing. Yeah. So, story of my fucking life sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cool album. Not done in synth at all, but um, probably the one that I'm most proud of for many reasons. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. How do you feel now about working with others versus working on your own? And what's your future like like for that? Um, the way I work with people now is mostly that I sit here in the studio, uh, mostly alone. If I have someone in here, it's usually for the vocals or some little guitar effects or something like that. Um, I'll just send them tracks, like, you know, stems, you know, with, with um, maybe some guide tracks, like if I want someone to sing something, you know, choirs and, and shit like that. I'll, I'll just write a long fucking email explaining what I want nice. and, um, you know, tagging uh, along... Uh, Sky tracks and, and stamps and things like that, just trying to describe as much as possible. Avoiding the phone as much as I can because I fucking hate it. Yeah. Um, I'm weird like that. Don't like the phone. When the phone rings, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm I not expecting a Who's call. doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It makes me nervous, man, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's the way it's done, really. Nice. And it usually works out really well. Um, some people do not take instructions at all. It's like they do exactly the opposite of what I want to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of back and forth, but we always nail it in the end. Yeah, that's great. With a, with a little bit of with a little bit of um, auto tune. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you working with a label for this new record? I have a couple of labels on um, because this is more like a this isn't one of those license situations. But like when I license out stuff that I own. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's always like almost like a handshake kind of deal. Like, okay, so you're going to do 500 copies or something on LP and uh, you'll give me 100 copies and I'll sell it to the web store. They're just simple, easy deals. Uh, when I when I create a whole, a whole new album from scratch, it's a little bit more serious for me. Yeah. Especially with this kind of music, which is, it might have a couple of Dungeon Synthic kind of moments, but it's it's very atmospheric sounding, but it, it, it's, it's quite a wide collective of sounds and music. So very cool. this is something I, I want to, I want to be a little bit more serious about it in the sense that if I'm going to sign with a label for this, it's going to have to be a little bit of money involved. I've put a lot of cash into this, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, um, I have a house and I have two cars and all that kind of shit. So you got to bills, man. So you, know, you got to, if you want this, you got to pay me, you know, yeah. it's just the way it is. So I got a couple of labels that we're kind of negotiating with right now, but it's a bit early stages. So I'm not going to say who they are. Yeah. Sort of mid-sized labels. It's nothing major. Just, but then again, I don't know if I want major. It's, yeah, exactly. It's basically just a big ass fuck, really. Yeah, yeah you've been yeah. through it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, fingers crossed that they'll give me a good deal. But who knows? I'm always prepared to just tell them to fuck off and just do it on my own, too. So. Thanks. Always an option. And done, done that. That's always an option. I've done that before. You know, it's like I said to one of the labels, I said it straight out. If, if you don't give me a fucking good offer, I would rather give this album away for free. And um, I did that once with an album called Perfect the Defect. You put it out on Bandcamp for free. Wow. You know, and then two weeks later, I had a, I had a 15,000 people fucking mailing list. So that was kind of <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's actually, that has value too, man. I think that's but the that, future, that, right? It's like being in control completely yeah. your own, your own self. I know it's a lot more work, but. Yeah, I try to, but I mean, you, you got, you got to give something up if you want, if you want. If you want labels to invest in you, you have to give something up too. At the same time, right. it's not for perpetuity in all known universes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Marvel universe just, and the meta yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. And... Everybody has to make money and be happy. That's, that's that. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, it's not just about the one side. It's got to be about both sides. Yeah, exactly. That also creates 
when everybody's happy, everybody wants to move on and, and continue, and that's motivation, you know. Mm-hmm. Then I want to make another album for you because you're treating me nice, and you want to put another album with me because hopefully it sells. Yeah. So uh, that's um that's the way it should be, but most labels don't fucking get it. They're not happy until you're miserable. <laughs> No. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus man. You have I have any, such a positive outlook. Yeah. Do. <laughs> do you have any plans uh, for any live performances coming up, or are you just focusing on the record? I'm, I'm all over the place all the time. Um, it looks like, well, we are, as, as long as the visas come through, we are touring China in March. Oh, oh wow. Shit. That's nice. so cool. Yeah. Going to bring back some COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in fact, <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and right after that, it looks like we're heading off to to Australia. That's 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 gonna be my second tour there. But it's gonna be like a very small venue kind of tour. But I'm I'm kind of glad to just go back there, man. That's great. It's, yeah, it's gonna be like small, small, really small clubs. But it's kind of cool. Australia is so far away, so almost nobody gets to play there. Yeah, yeah. Have you so, have you played there before? Yeah, I did a tour um, toward Australia and New Zealand back in 2018. Okay, nice. And in 2020, we started discussing doing another tour. And then, you know, of course, the week after, the, the world shut down. Right. And, uh, and it shut down for about two years. Yeah. Yep. I heard about that. Um, yeah, that's weird. That heard happened about to that? you. Yeah. yeah. It didn't happen to us, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. No, America I was, was totally I was, safe. Uh, <laughs> I had my flights over canceled. I was going to New York in, in like late February or something oh, or shit. early March. Yeah. And uh, for some uh, stuff. And, uh, you know, every day I would I would look at my flight like it's, as it was canceled and it was back on, then it was canceled, it was back on, and then all of a sudden the world shut down. And um, I got my money back though, so good, good. it was <laughs> annoying. It was kind of an important trip, but fuck it, you know, shit yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to keep you too long, but I do have a, a little diversion that I want to ask you about quickly. Uh, the Emperor Reunion show that you joined, like, how did that go for yeah. you? You you played like a few songs. Is that correct? Yeah, the first one, I think I think in the beginning it was just going to be me and Fowl sort of guesting on that live stream thing that yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I guess I should say we because I was there. Yeah. Um well, that was only two songs, which was uh, kind of okay. It was um the fuck was it? it was uh, we used we used to always cover Bathory back in the day like um Called from the Grave. And uh, then we did Wrath of the Tyrant, I think. Yeah. Was the other one? So we did that for like the streaming thing, and that was pretty cool. And um, I guess they liked w- the way that that turned out because a bit later on they asked if I could do three shows. I was only able to do two of them. Um, they wanted me to also go to London and do like a big show there. Um, but I was on tour with Mayhem at the time, so I wasn't able to do that. We toured with Mayhem in Europe. For That's right. I forgot about that. Like yeah. a month and a half or two months or something. Yeah. But yeah, so we did like a Swedish festival, and then we did that. The, the cool one, the really cool one, was that up in Bergen at the, uh, the fuck was that called? The Beyond, uh, Beyond the Gates. Gates. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. looks so amazing. That was, yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, and by that point, we were doing four songs. I think we had added um, Celtic Frost Usurper. That was the other cover song we always did at rehearsals okay. back in '92, '91, '92. And and then there was uh, I'm the Black Wizards. Great. Which is uh. More technical. I had to practice. I hadn't played a bass in 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, uh, I had to go upstairs. Like every day I went upstairs like for like an hour or two hours just fucking practicing the bass. And I was pretty much able to pull through without looking too damn bad. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, um, 
I mean, Under Black Wizards is a much more difficult song to play as opposed to like Wrath of Time, which is kind of like a, just a groovy, heavy song, really. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not to mention Call from the Grave, which is like super right. heavy, kind of like do, almost doomy kind of playing, you know? Yeah, totally. It's got almost, um, and, and Celtic Frost is basically Black Sabbath, isn't it? You know? Yeah. When yeah, you think about it, that, that heavy riffing. That night side stuff is uh, pretty technical at times, so I can imagine that's kind of a beast to yeah that was that was the one where it's got that weird time signatures and fucking syncopated shit and all of a sudden you're like flying into a different riff like halfway through the what the fuck did this change (laughs) yeah was was Faust playing all those shows with you too yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah so I did three and Faust was there we kind of came on at the same time together right okay so yeah that's awesome was that cool playing with those guys again like on those big festivals yeah I I had a, a great time yeah that's awesome good yeah yeah absolutely that's great. We still get along. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Better now probably than than back then. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like sometimes people Age. get older and you get more perspective, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the weird thing is, like, even though we've been apart, like living in different cities for so many decades now, when we get together and talk, you realize how fucking similar your lives are, really. You know, right. with, with kids and how this, how life sort of evolves and. You know, so we have more in common now, of course, than we did back then. Because back then it was just music. That was pretty much it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, these days it's like a whole life of experience. And usually it's a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, Mortis, it was a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we super enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I think we're probably going to release this episode in the next week or so. It's got some editing to do. And, in the uh, next never no, no no he's pretty good i'm about good it, about actually. this shit yeah. <laughs> this universe yeah yeah no i'm good in about next it. universe yeah, yeah. yeah. Here <laughs> i own this podcast episode in this universe and all known universes nice. so. <laughs> perpetuity. in perpetuity yeah. yeah it was a pleasure man yeah, thanks so thanks much for so hanging much, out man. and talking with us Thank and you. i'll i'll keep you in in the loop about when this launches okay all right man sounds good all Thank right you. thanks so much for your thanks time. for everything man all right. Cool. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. This is Pete Lee from Lawmower Death, and you're listening to I Hate Music with my good mate Jason Walton. He's a lovely boy. Amazing, yeah. dude! Little station ID action. Oh, that's from cool, Pete. man. Yeah. That's cool. Back in the old uh, college radio days, we used to get those occasionally. I'd take totally. recorders to shows and try to get, try to get people to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole. That's the whole point. Good old Pete Lee from Lawnmower Death. That's really cool. Yeah, he's a lovely boy as well. <laughs> They're okay. doing their. They must have done their Christmas show. We probably missed that, but that's a, oh man, that'd be I've, something worth going to London for. You know, that is something I've always I mean, going wanted. To London's obviously worth a lot of things oh but. yeah yeah no i've <laughs> i've thought about this many times yeah, like cool. uh let's do actually it, before the pandemic the fam and i were talking about going to london and i was like it might not be an ideal time but I, like yeah. could we go like early december and they're like yeah. why i'm like i kind of want to see lawnmower yeah like do their christmas show and be yeah. super cool because they were having uh, Kim Wilde also yeah. part of it, right? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I've never actually seen Lon Moore because I was, when I performed with him, I was on stage for a song and then I was like backstage, like getting ready and getting my costume on yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. So I never really got to see him. Bucket list. Bucket list. Yeah. Bucket list. Fuck it list. Speak it list. Speaking of fuck it. Yeah. 
What? Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. You ready Good for this? Good segue. Good yeah. segue. Yeah, I got one for you too. Fuck Mary Kill. Would you fuck? Would you marry? Would you kill? Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. There you go. That's great. All right. Uh, fuck, Mary awesome. kill. That was awesome. I have a fuck, Mary kill. Okay. I got one for you, too. Okay. Um, mine's, mine's strange. Okay. So here we go. All right. Fuck, Mary kill. Going to the Hawthorne Theater for a show with a stop at Gigantic Brewing first. Going to Tonic Lounge with a stop at the Horse Brass first. Okay. Going to Star Theater with a stop at Bailey's first. Oh, God. I do miss Bailey's. I know. I would say Tonic Lounge would be to uh, Mary. Okay. Because those those aren't, they're not that close to each other, but that's appropriate, I suppose. Horse Brass and then Tonic yeah, Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to get into like, you know, the okay, semantics. you got to turn down on Sandy yeah. there and then on uh, 50. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking like, like <laughs> Close our, to our old school yeah, things exactly, that we used to yeah. do. And then, um, oh God, I would have to kill the Hawthorne Theater one and then uh, uh, fuck the uh, Star Theater one. With, with Bailey's. Yeah. yeah. I miss Bailey's a lot. I, I do too. It's just like a fucking insurance company thing now. Like, what the hell? Oh, really? What happened? Well, here's something I didn't know until I couldn't remember the name of Bailey's, and so I had to text Zach Chia to ask him what the name of the place was because he t- talks about Bailey's. Yeah. And he's like, it's Bailey's. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I didn't know this, but it's named after Jeff Bailey Phillips, okay. who is the owner of Level. Oh, wow. wow. So he was, that was his That was his spot. His spot. I didn't realize And that. he got tired of doing Bailey's, and he wanted to open his He's like own brewery up yeah. and now. Oh, he's the owner of level. Oh wow, yeah. that's really cool. Yep. Um I think I would do I think I would kill Hawthorne too. And I would Yeah, I think I'm with you. I would kill Hawthorne. Fuck <laughs> Tonic and Mary Star Theater. Or no. I don't know. I only say the Star Theater the, because of Bailey's. Star Theater is yeah. great, great venue. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, um, Tonic Lounge, R.I.P. Hawthorne, it's, it's decent, but it's all we got. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it could be better. But be I hate better. the way they divide the twenty-one and over. Oh man, I hate that. That's rough. Pisses me off. Yeah, pisses me off. Jory, what about you? As far as Hawthorne, Tonic, and Star Theater? Yeah, yeah. that's good. Right. I mean, I I feel like. Hawthorne probably has the worst sounding of the rooms, so yep. I might have to kill that one. Nice. Uh, yep. Fuck probably Tonic Lounge. I only was able to go to a couple shows there before it closed. I I love the Star Theater. It's a great mm-hmm. vibe. Always yep. sounds good there. Yep. I'd probably marry Star Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I agree. Okay. Mine is mine. Are you? Do you want to say more about that? Nope. I'm okay. done. Mine is fuck Mary Kill Emperor Demo Mortis's first album oh, or the Vond album that he put out, which oh, is really Jesus. great as well. Uh, well, let's, let's, I know they're different, but they're all starring Mortis. Yes. Right. Um, that was what I was thinking. Let's define like the, the, the fucking Mary. (laughs) Mary It's like one night stand is what I'm thinking. Right. Like one night stand versus like heavy duty relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, man, I, I just love the Emperor demo so much. The Wrath of the Tyrant is like. 
Mm. Um, I, I would probably, I would probably marry Emperor Demo. Fuck. Yep. The, what'd you say? Mort- Mort- Mortis' first album. Mortis' first album. Yeah, Mortis' first album. Yeah. And kill the Vond. Well, that's that's appropriate to kill the Vond. I know, right? Because it's yeah. suicidal music. Topical. Yeah. 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 Like a cream. Yeah, exactly. Topical yeah. like a cream. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jory? I might do exactly the same thing. Yeah, that Emperor Demo is just choice, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not as familiar with Vond as I am with Mortis' first record, but yeah. I do like it a lot. Right. Nice. Yeah, I think I agree that's as well. a tough call with yeah, his other two. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I have been into that Mortis album, and seeing it live was really exceptional. So yeah. It put me back in that headspace. But that Emperor demo, damn. Yeah. I can oh, listen so to that good. every day, yeah. Yep. Um, did you have a Fuck, Mary Kill, uh, Jory? I did not. Can you think of one off the top of your head? Uh, fuck, Mary Kill, Jason. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, getting personal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything right now. Uh, no problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um well, let's move on to. It's T-shirt of the day. It's a T-shirt of the day. Ew! What are you wearing? Let's find out. It's a T-shirt of the day. <laughs> so amazing! It's so <laughs> good. So, That's good. so great. Like he got his wife to be part of it, or something. And his kid and too. His kid. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh, Nick's unbuttoning. Yeah. We're about to see. This oh, is. Wait, uh, don't, t- don't show me. Okay. Oh, it, it's Fulci. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the, t- album is, the album is Tropical Sun, Tropical and it's a sun. white shirt. And I right. thought that was appropriate today on it a is. snowy day. Yeah. You can show me now. I was just yeah. going to try to guess, but I, oh, I got it. You were going to guess before you were like going to look through my skin? Yeah, well, I, I, could, I could see part of the logo, and so I was oh, like, I oh, see. Yeah. Yeah. Tropical Sun. Very this cool. album is so good, dude. Fulci. So good. Been obsessed with those guys. I know you have. Amazing. Yeah. Jeez. It's been a while since, uh, well, Frozen Soul, I guess, but it's been a while since a newer death metal band is really hit me that hard right yeah yeah I, i've listened to it only like once i gotta check it out so oh, yeah. drum machine speaking of drum machines they use one bro oh, yeah and it's uh pretty convincing nice yeah. even not if like it's not i like that yeah mortician or something yeah you know right. there's some aesthetic yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally what about you jory i am wearing a very stark over t-shirt from the shadows of the sun era just nice. black with the white text Love i like that. it Love absolutely that. Is there anything Iconic. on the back of that? There's not. No. It's just, just the logo. Just plain. Yeah. Nice. I did bring my secret stairways long sleeve just in the event, you know. Oh, yeah. I wanted to wear that this morning. But nice. That's cool. You bought the shirt. You yeah. could wear that like underneath. I could. Like yeah. two long sleeve shirts. Those are the sleeve prints that say secret stairways. It's oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. I love oh, that that old 90s look that you do sometimes yeah. still yeah. with yeah. the long sleeve with underneath the short sleeve. Yeah. I used yeah. to do that in high school all the time. Yeah. That's cool. Because I'd be like, I'm wearing a D-side shirt, but there's still more Angel logos on my sleeve. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, bro? Uh, I am wearing Impaled Nazarene Suomi Finland Percolet. Nice. So cool. So cool. Yeah. It's a bootleg shirt, but it's very comfy and makes me happy. Good. I love me some Impaled Nazarene. Yeah. I'm always prepared now for these podcasts. Yeah. You're wearing something appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't find my Mortis shirt, actually. Oh, Oh, really? really? Yeah. My shirts are getting a little out of control, I must admit. Yeah, it's on the stack somewhere. Happens best. For I have all of mine on hangers, so I can just flip through. Oh, that's nice. But your closet like, must be pretty full. Then. It's yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, mine are folded. I like. I used to always have them on hangers because I like being able to see yeah, them, flip yeah. through them. And then Aaron's like, it's actually like collapsing our shelf. <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so mine are stacked now, which is fine. Yeah, but it is hard to find stuff sometimes. I'm like, eh. and then they get unfolded, and I don't know how to fold a shirt. 
Like I still no, can't I do it nicely. Either. Yeah. I only know because I used to work retail at Costco and oh, nice. folding clothes was a big part of the thing in the center of the store. So yeah. Nice. So you, you got have to, to learn how to do it quickly so you can get done with it. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool. Maybe you yeah. should come over and organize my closet. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Me up. Yeah, it'd be fun. You should come on the on the podcast again. And give a lesson on hold, how to fold yeah, your metal Yeah, we could do a whole <laughs> podcast about that. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can give you a demo on how to cut the sleeves off, too. I've been pretty oh, good really? at that. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Every time I do it, it like looks like shit. So yeah. we, well, should, we should really do that. Cause that's like, cool still, though. We could do like, a though. video and yeah. like, upload it. And, like, we could teach people how to fo- fold their, their band shirts. Yeah. Cut the sleeves yeah. off. Cause yeah, we can have a whole arts and crafts section of this really podcast. Good. I'd be happy to do that. I hate crafts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you color coordinate them as well? I wonder if there's some organizational things happening, or you know, perhaps alphabetical. Not really. Yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. I've thought about it, Next but level. I just I usually kind of just flip through and find one I'm vibing with. No, that's cool. I color. like that spontaneity, like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I just every time I try to fold a shirt, it's like it gets fucked up, and then it's. Well, you want to show the logo too, right? You want to have it so you that the know front what of it is. is. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. That is the key. Folding yeah. 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 And that's where the Costco skills might come in handy. Right. He probably had to do that for the job. I've seen people that have like those cardboard things that you like, you put the those shirt on Those are cool. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. buy those? Is that like maybe. something you can purchase? Probably. Probably. Yeah, we can make one. Maybe we can do that part of the craft show. We'll make one. We'll make right. one. There you go. <laughs> Just a small piece of plywood would work, you know, like. Or is it? It's cardboard, isn't it? It has to be folded, or I, I don't remember. I think I'm thinking of like about. it folds yeah. in, like it's like a piece oh, of cardboard is it like, that like it's a whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's got a it's got a joint on it. I think it right. folds in. Folds in, and then you s- switch it or something. And I, don't, I see. I don't know. Yeah, I used to like get out my folding table when I got a whole like fresh batch of like a hundred inference t-shirts uh-huh. in, and I yeah. would tape off a square section on my table, and that would be the base size I would fold everything into. Okay. To just get it into that size. Yeah. Compact it. That's cool. Huh. I got to learn this, because my... It, it's so Nerdy annoying. Nerdy merch shit. Yeah. yeah. No, let's let's definitely do this. Let's, yeah. And we can make... If, if we can make those cardboard folder things, we can make... I hate music. Folders. Yeah, you just slap a few stickers on it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah good. official. It'll <laughs> sell like hotcakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they would. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. No, but I, it is an actual, it's my biggest problem in life right now. Yeah. <laughs> it is a pretty solid concern. I've been meaning to talk to you about it for a while. I, yeah. Did you see, did you see my shit? It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I wish you do a tour, maybe a video tour. Maybe everyone would like to see your Maybe closet. everybody would like to see my closet. Yeah. yeah I'm cool. sure, I'm right. sure my wife would love that. <laughs> oh, oh God. Stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Let's move on to another segment. Are we ready for this? Yeah, yep. I think so. Uh, okay. Here we go. Let's stump Let's stump Nick and Jory. So smooth. Oh, I do not know this actually. Yeah, so you smooth. don't. I, f- I figured it out yesterday, and then I was going to tell Jory, and then I was like, no, because he can't know for the podcast. Right. So. Why? I get stressed because I go through the thought process of trying to figure it out. And sometimes along the line, I throw out a band in my head that's not even close to what that is. Oh, it's sure. It's like, oh, God, I should have known better. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, here we go. Two, three. Oh! I'll have to wait till it kicks in here. 
should I know this? Yeah. Oh damn. It's a it's I a tough that. one though. It's that. a tough one. I hate that. Sonically, it could be on like any number of albums. Is it like the is it, uh, You know it though. It's not like newer Amorphous or something. So. But you recognize it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like new Metallica almost, you know? Like a little <laughs> bit. It does, right. Like, that almost sounds like Hupfield, just a little bit. I don't know this vocalist. Maybe I do. You do. I, wow. Okay. Damn it. He's done a wide variety of stuff, though, so you may not necessarily know him like this. Okay. And even this project is not normally like this. Oh, God. It's not like New Moon Spell or something. No. Yeah. If you don't get it, I'm going to give you a couple hints. Yeah, you're going to have to, I think. Is it met metalize, metalize right now? Is it over? It's over. That's oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Can you play another song from them or something? Yeah, I but mean, the other. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'll do. I mean, I'll, give us more of it. Because that was that normal song for them. All no, acoustic. Okay. But it's the way that they, it's the way that that record ends. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna play. That's actually a really good that's idea. That's a wild way to end an album. Yeah. 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 One of my absolute favorite bands. One of my absolute favorite records. It's cat, not Catatonia, obviously. No. no. Ooh. I mean, that guitar sounds very distinct there. Oh, it's Cathedral, dude. Yep. It's that was Lee Dorian oh. for sure. Yep. Oh my God. Oh, well, Should have known. Hey. Should have known. As soon as I heard the metal version. Yep. We gotta do a whole cathedral episode. Yeah. Wild. Okay. What album's this off of? What Eth album? Uh, Ethereal Mirror. Oh wow, I love yeah. that album. That's damn. how the how it closes. Nice. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I recognized it, but damn, it's been a while since I've actually sat down. I uh, listened to that one recently. Why did I listen to that recently? Did Radical Research mention that record? I feel like they did recently. They. Uh, a couple of years ago, they talked about Cathedral on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, something recently I was listening to. I remember. Or no, it was the that newest issue of Decibel with Austin on the front. Yeah, the, got the it right Hall here. of Fame is Ethereal Mirror. Oh, cool. And I was like, oh, man, I got to listen to this record again. I love that nice. record so yeah, much. It's great. Yeah. Uh, let's do a uh, Cathedral episode sometime. Yeah, I would love to do a Cathedral episode. That'd be, that'd be really killer. Um I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I wanted to close the episode with one song that we'll listen to and a quick discussion okay. about it. And I know that Jory has heard this. I'm not sure that Nick knows this. All right. Fucking awesome. It's almost like Asphyx or something. You fucking nice beat. 
Oh. <laughs> is this new Chris Barnes? Six yeah. feet under or something? Six feet under. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, right. New? Um, like what year? This is... Hey, I have not heard this. It's so distinct, though. As soon as he comes in, Chris Barnes. Right. He's a little older now. But, like, what the hell happened to him? He's been doing that shit for a long time now. I know, but, yeah. like... He yeah. just... He does these vocal takes and he thinks that this is a good idea. Yeah, like, yeah. That's wild to me. Yeah. Wow. His six feet under output has been very similar to this style with yeah. that screechiness, too. He doesn't like, have it anymore, dude. Well, you can tell that it's not very loud what he's like speaking in yeah, the microphone. Yeah, it's kind of subdued. He's out of breath or something, right. too. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, that guy sang on Butcher the Birth. Well, yeah. You know? Uh, and like, I mean, think about how old he must be and how much weed he smokes. It's like, at this point, he's got to... Yeah. Like, how He's losing well, the, it. How can there's anybody not even think any, it's good? The technique's not even the same. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's insane. It's kind of sad. It is. But that, that squealy thing? He's been doing that for a while. I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's like a fucking yeah, I don't know, like Chucky or something. I mean, it's it's laughable, like yeah. literally laughable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that Terry Butler? I think he might still be playing with them. Really? I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, I've read, like, forums and stuff about this newer Six Feet Under stuff, and a lot of people are defensive in the fact that, like, sonically, the musically, it's pretty good, except yeah, right. for the vocals. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's still a pretty solid yeah aspect of this project. Yeah, the the like, music's cool, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same shit he's been doing yeah. since the late 90s. I don't think it's remarkable, but it's yeah. it sounds he's, okay. I mean, the Six Feet Under has always been, like, the ACDC of death yeah, metal. That's right. true. Like, simple and... Yeah. I just find it unbelievable that anybody involved with this can Thought be like, yeah, that's, that's a good take. It's an R. Kelly kind of situation where he's surrounding his, himself with people that are telling him he's great. Yes, men. Gotta be. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I mean, it's as a soon as he cool, came right? in, though, I fucking knew it. Oh, because you, you knew. It's, it's, right. yeah. it's that sound he has. You know, there's still a little bit of real Chris Barnes in there. He's, he's fucking his throat up with weed, I think. He's smoking too much. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to listen to. It is. It really is. Why didn't they take another take? Like, they could have gone a well, better take. the whole take. album's like this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought, when I first heard this, I thought it was just the one track. And then I went to the next song. I'm like, oh, no, it's it's all the tracks. Yeah. That's incredible. I'm pretty sure this sounds like an album where the band recorded it and everybody was really stoked on it. And then he took it home and then yeah. added his shit. Yeah. Uh -huh. then, then, then he put it out. It's like, it's good enough. Fuck it. And then everybody's like, oh. Yeah, it's like, what'd you do that for? Yeah. We could have helped you with this. Yeah. Because he doesn't realize how bad it is. Well, he, he's been on that rant now that he's like the only good death metal vocalist. Well, he he claimed that that tweet wasn't actually him. He said his account was oh, hacked. Oh, really? He's, oh, wow. The, oh. What, what was the tweet? It was like, every death metal vocalist sucks except for me. That's right. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I think the whole thing's pretty silly. Yeah, yeah it is. Alan oh, West cool. was I mean, in Six Feet Under too, right? He was, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Or he's in prison. <laughs> I was like, wait, Alan West died? I don't no, think I think he he's died. in prison, yeah. Yeah, uh, look that up. Gotta look that up. Rest yeah. in prison. Rest in prison. It was still appropriate. Right, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's resting. <laughs> so tired. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tired of all the child abuse he uh, endured. Uh, yeah, he's still around. Okay, cool. Yeah, he went through some shit, I think. There is no obituary for Alan West. Okay, so he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he founded Six Feet Under with Chris Barnes, Cannibal Corpse. Yep, Terry Butler. Yep. Um, yeah, one year after being released from prison, he was arrested yet again in yeah. Citrus County, Florida for felony... It says petite theft. I think they probably mean petty, petty? theft, but it definitely says petite. If it's just, he stole something small. Yeah. Oh, right. Like yeah. a diamond it's ring. Kind of a cute little thing. He just yeah. decided like to take. Like keychains and stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and a misdemeanor resisting a merchant. What? Yeah. Resi- resisting a merchant? Uh, is he, uh, is he on like this high seas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Merchant mariner like kind of thing. Precious cargo. <laughs> he was arrested. Okay. Um, May 16th, 2007, <laughs> he was arrested and imprisoned after his fifth DUI, oh, incarcerated oh, at the Gainesville Correctional Institution, blah, blah, blah. Was, uh, in 2013, he was arrested for producing meth in his own home. Oh, Jesus. He was sentenced to th- one year, three months, and 15 days. Um, He's like every Florida Man article. Yeah, he really he is. is. He was born and raised. So what... Remind me, guys, what was the story of the dude from Malevolent Creation that he made up, like, the story of, like, getting robbed at the convenience store? Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, P- I don't the, think I know this, actually. The Fasciano guy? Uh, I think the it might have been Fasciano. Yeah. But he, like, he he claims that he was, like, got caught up in this robbery at a convenience store, and oh, I think wow. he even said he, like, killed the guy. Oh, Jesus. And so it was, like, this big news, and then, like, a month later, it came out that, like, it never happened. He and made he just it made it up. Weird. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the older we get, the more those guys turn uh, a little bit uh, redneckish. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to, you know, anybody from Florida. I apologize. I'm not saying it's all Florida or anything, but these guys are death metal legends to us, and the, then we realize that they're very, very flawed human beings. But yes. they put out great music. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like with the H2, I feel like your worldview either like narrows or expands. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So people go both directions. Yeah. Florida does something to you, though. Man, really? I don't know what's happening down there. I think it's the the humidity, the, the heat. heat. Yeah, it makes you a little crazy. It's incredible that, you know, if you look geographically, not a lot of death metal comes from, uh, you know, sunny places. But Except for Florida. Except for Florida. So something's going on down there. Yeah. Right? Right. You know, they're angry. Yeah, I guess so. I don't, yeah. Couldn't I don't be know. more different than Norway, right? Yeah, right. Sweden, yeah. 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 There's no metal from the Bahamas or Hawaii or anything like that. Well, I think we've talked about that before. but Yeah, I think we did a call-out <laughs> for Hawaiian metal. Yeah, exactly. We did, yeah. yeah. We got some from Alaska, which we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. We got some New Mexican stuff, but yeah. not Calling any Hawaiian. all Hawaiians, give us your metal. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It would be interesting. It'd be cool if, you know, like they take, uh, in Hawaii, they take a lot of uh, Western music and they kind of hawaii it, make a little reggae or whatever. Right. I wonder if there's like a, a reggae metal crossover happening over there. That'd be interesting. But there's tons of metal in South America. Yeah. But there's not much in... Yeah, Brazil and stuff, of course. Yeah, It's a tropical tons. place as yeah. well. But. Right. But, like, you never... You rarely hear about, like, Thai or nope. Filipino nope. or... Yeah. You know, any, like, Southeast Asian. I mean, there are some, obviously. Yeah. And, I, and I've heard of a few bands here and there. Well, we have played the Mortis by now, if I mentioned something about that interview. Yes. He yeah. said he's going to China? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's true. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, Mortis is going to China. Touring Trouble. China. Yeah, that well, seems that, huge. That seems kind of strange. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Who's paying for him to go over there? And there's dungeons and scene over there? Or what's happening? And there must be. <laughs> there's so many people, and I'm sure that there's interest. Got to yeah. be something. Yeah. Somebody interested in that. I remember uh, a few years ago, Alsace played it, and they were telling me, like, the, it, like they were treated, like, super well. Hmm. And huge crowds, and yeah. like it was an amazing tour because okay. well, not a lot of people go there. That's right. You know? So people come out. Right. Like they probably don't get anything like that no. very often. No. no. And there were people. There were fans, obviously, singing their songs and everything like that. Alsace. Oh yeah. I mean, Alsace is huge. Yeah. But that's uh, yeah, they they had a great time. In India too. I mean, that's yeah. It's yeah. crazy. There's been some Indian metal that's kind of made it over occasionally. Yeah, a little bit. I don't remember the names or anything, but yeah, even the. Uh, that band uh, Thurisaz, they played in India a few years ago. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They were there. Yeah, good on you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. That would like be an interesting experience, man. Yeah, I would love, I would love to do something there. like that. Yeah. Did you ever see, you didn't see any shows like when you were traveling like in India or anything? No, that'd be cool though, right? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do like to check that stuff out, but you know, to die, it's like how often does any right. band go over there? Yeah. You could saw some sitar and stuff, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. You could <laughs> yeah. follow Maiden around the world or something. But seeing like Orphan Land in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, that would be pretty awesome. That would, that be, would be great. That I would love be awesome. that so much, man. I just listened to them actually this week, first time in a long time. I was such a yeah, great band. I was into those guys for a long cool. time too. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. I love Sahara. When that came out, I got a promo yeah. of it from Holy. It's mm. like really, it's just so different. Yeah. So different. Oh, they they do a perfect job of like a blending those instruments with. Oh yeah. With metal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, really it takes tasteful a lot of skill. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. to do that. yeah, they're still around, aren't they? I, I heard. think so. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I think they're going through some shit over there, though, from what I hear. <laughs> What's it's, the news? Though? I've only seen the head- no. I've only seen the headlines. No, but yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Not good. Well, guys, it's time awesome. to wrap it up. Yeah, that was great. Thanks a lot for. Hanging, talking with Mortis. That was a really good, interesting conversation. What one of the treat. best. What yeah, a good what a dude. Treat. What a treat. And one of the best. Really good dude. Easy to talk to. Great yep. conversationalist. Forthcoming. Forthcoming. I'm excited to hear more about this new record of his. Yeah. And uh, Sounds like he's got a lot in the pipeline. Yeah. 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 And it really makes me want to go back to check out a lot of the albums that I miss, yeah. especially the industrial rock stuff. Me too. I don't it's think probably I've, pretty good. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard The Great Deceiver. Nope. Um, there's definitely some gaps in my my mortis knowledge yeah uh it was really cool to hear about his creative process a little bit yeah how he made like especially those early records it still just fascinates me how you can go how you can just like stumble upon this yeah this isn't that form. usually isn't that a common theme i think with yeah. the revolutionaries or whatever they yeah. just come up with it and then no, they don't even think about it it's just yeah just different right it's probably not even different in their head they just mm-hmm. want to put it out and then all of a sudden later on people say how great how original it was and how new it is and how, right. he wasn't how really different. striving for that probably how some of the best artists made is just being true to yourself and That's doing right. what you think you yeah. want to do instead of trying to sound like somebody else right yeah. That's right. Yeah. Really cool, and I don't think the viewers or the listeners will see, but he had some, some really cool equipment back there. <laughs> like, yeah, he had like a wall of yeah. gear behind him. Oh, my God. He like didn't even a, talk about the keyboards. It's like, what's going on there, too? Right. Yeah, I was like, oh, it looks like you have like four keyboards. He's like, oh, I got a lot more than that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool to see like a video of him. In a studio? In a studio, or, like, yeah. like recording or you know practicing or something like that. Like, how do you, yeah. like, how does he come up with that stuff? And he said he's not trained, so he's just earing out stuff. Yep. 
Um, Just what sounds good to him. Which makes sense to me. I think if he had like more knowledge and was more proficient at piano or yeah. keyboard, he'd be a lot more. Yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He, grandiose. Like yeah. the, the compositions would be much more grandiose. Yeah, right. Sure. So I think yeah. it lends itself to being a simplicity, more sim- simplicity and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting in metal. I think a lot of a lot of metal heads or musicians at least aren't classically trained. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of just pick it up and do what sounds good to them. I think being classically trained lends itself to performing in orchestras and maybe more professional bands that. I don't know, that don't lend itself to creativity a lot right. of times. They right. don't lend themselves to just like putting shit out there and jamming with people or just like putting things out that are that sound good to you and spontaneous and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Right. It's yeah. interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I went to music school and learned theory and all that. And I feel like what matters and what's most important to me is just, you know, doing what makes you feel something you know, rather yeah. than like being theoretically, you know, correct or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. That. So feeling it in your soul, knowing what that sounds like to you in your head. That's, right. That's difficult. I don't, I don't think everybody has that connection. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, it's under. It's <coughs> cool to have a vocabulary to like understand when you're trying to make things. But has it's, that helped you in not, your? I, I suppose you think, it has, yeah. but like, more or less, it's basically you know. Yeah. What I identify with, like what I'm, when, what emotions are evoked when I'm creating something, is what matters more than anything else. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's that's the core of music, or good music. You know? Right. So we're starting a dungeon synth project now, right? Sure. Yeah, let's do All it. Three of us. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. We can go up the. Woos Walton Appadale? No, we'll come up with, we'll come up with something like Dragon Lord or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be like something like that. We There's a it. band out there called Dungeon Troll. That's perfect That is name. great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hole uh-huh. Dweller, perfect mm-hmm. name. Tolkien yeah. influenced, you yeah. know? got to just be creative about it. We should get out of the dungeon, though, and like into the sea. Be like oh, sea, yeah. we sea we Quest or like... Sea Quest is good. Shark yeah. Troll. Shark Troll's really cool. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Shark Troll. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we can have some. I already envisioned the yeah. Yeah, artwork. Can we stuff. incorporate some whale song into? Oh yeah, totally, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, easy. I've got all the reverbs we need. <laughs> all those like wet, super wet reverbs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. funny that Mortis Drowning. picked up picked up on the reverb right. thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was a fun comment. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even put that all together. I don't really think about that. Yeah, very me either. Much, yeah. You know. Yeah. But he heard that right away. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. I didn't know that he had toured with Malfat. Like yeah, I didn't know that about that coming over here in 2020. Right, yeah. Did you? I didn't, no. Oh, that was incredible. Uh, that's cool that they are already connected, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was funny because we're like, oh, we're going to play this. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know these guys. Like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah. well. laughs> Damn it. Uh, okay. That's great. I mean, I guess, you know, there are a lot of people making this kind of thing, but I feel like the community is pretty tight-knit, too. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like, that's for sure. Yeah. It's cool that he's connected with the newer artists, even though he's like, the godfather you know that's really cool right yeah it sounds to me um he was probably a little surprised by the resurgence and all that but mm-hmm. uh, it's cool that he's embraced it you know he didn't like, yeah just say that it's all bullshit and he's cool with the the dungeon synth term now yeah that's right yeah, yeah. that's right. interesting yeah. dark dungeon music that's what he called it right yep yeah I think that's what the, like, the slogan of his... I was think that so. his la- label even? Dark Dungeon? I oh, think that's what it was. Yeah, Dark Dungeon label. music, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I had... or so. I had this Mortis shirt in like 97 or so. I found it in Minneapolis and it was like a like a burgundy red and it had a picture of him on the front like in his whole costume and stuff and on the back it said Dark Dungeon music. Oh, I, awesome. I wore that shirt so much. Like, so it was just cool. like so cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 
I wonder who applies his makeup, you know? Does he do it all himself? Sounded like, like he was doing it himself, yeah, but I don't know. It takes him an hour or whatever. That's insane. I always think about that. Like, imagine being, like, Guar. Or Kiss or something. Even. Yeah. Guar especially. Jesus. Yeah. How much prep goes in? How much sweat is underneath those oh, costumes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what does Mortis's yeah. nose look like? It's all collected at the end. It's all bunched up in there with yeah. the sweat. Uh-huh. Gross. It's yeah. dedication. Yeah, it is. I'm hot enough on stage with just a t-shirt, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friend uh, Jessica Way, she saw, well, I think it was Aesop booked Mortis in San Francisco years and years and years ago. Really? And Jessica Way like found his ears afterwards. Like he left his ears at the oh, venue. Yeah. And so she has his ears. And like one time for Halloween, she dressed up as Mortis. And she had the, the real ears. ears. Oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. It makes you wonder how many noses and ears he has. He must tour with a bunch of those just in case they get lost. You should have, like, that would have been a great question to well, ask. I mean, let's call him back. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> Oh, one more, one more question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One quick question. <laughs> He's such a good dude. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if he, he would probably would be into it. He, he seems was, busy though too. So yeah. Yeah, he's, he's making the new musics. Yeah, and well, I did want to ask about the Stargate uh, cover. That's yeah. incredible. It's so cool. Incredible. Yeah. How totally. did, like, a, the computers involved, even for, ni- I mean, 97 or whatever. It wasn't yeah. easy to make him look like he's floating like that. No, I wouldn't think so. Maybe he actually jumped. Like, I'm wondering all these things. Yeah. Well. Oh, well. Next time. Yeah, next time. All right, guys. Let's, Pleasure. Uh, let's kill this thing. Yep. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thank Jory, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your input on the dungeon stuff because yeah, I man. don't know much about it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, as always, check out the earthandsound.org website for the store. We've got Dolvin merch. We've got Moonbladder merch, Snares of Sixes, uh, all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, I still have a bunch of I Hate Music hoodies, the old Ramones seal logo one. Um, a lot of XLs. They're horribly marked down in the in the store, so... Grab those if you want. Um, Agalock's playing February 17th. Nice. San Francisco. Awesome. The very first and very last show for Dawnbringer ever. So, what? Yep. They, they're declaring that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've last never played there before. First. This is their last tour. They're doing four shows, and that's it. Oh, wow. And then they're they're killing it for good. Have they? Are they new material or anything? Or I don't know. I don't I know. Remember. But they're doing these four shows. That's they're cool. doing like... Uh, like the four points of the U.S. So they're doing West Coast, East Coast. They're playing Hell's, ba- Hell's Head. Bangers. Oh, they are good, good, yeah, good, yeah. good. So I'll see them there. Yep. Hell's and Heroes. Hell's Heroes, yep. And then they're playing Chicago or something. Wow. Um, but yeah, first and last West Coast show, February 17th with Agalock. Very cool. And uh, that's all I have coming up. Jory? Can I just plug my stuff real quick? Yeah, yeah. please do. So, plug away. Uh, you can find my music on any streaming platform. The band name is Inneferens. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Um Also, if you're looking to have a record mastered for any sort of medium, vinyl, digital, whatever, you can shoot me an email at inneferens at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk to you and give you a quote. So. Yeah, Jory's great. He uh, Actually, yeah. it reminds me, I have a Snares of Sixes single coming out soon, early February. The Jory Mastered. Nice. It's called Dogs of the Star Chain. It's the nice. first snares things I've done in three or four years, something wow, like that. Wow, awesome. Just a digital single and a video, but Jory Mastered that. He does awesome work. So Appreciate perfect. that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I can announce at this point. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, people. And we have, we're going to be doing at least another episode this month, maybe even two. So uh, stick with us. Please subscribe. Give us two and a half stars or more <laughs> and uh, write in to give us some content. 
All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks. An Earth in Sound production. We're a band now. That was fun.